0: It's Friday, you bastard.
1: Act. we're go-
2: love that let's just play it all day all right except at 11 o'clock when dave johnson's going to be calling in. i have a spy report from john in fort lauderdale who says dave johnson's already been on the air this morning he was on with Defoe and leslie visser yucking it up they sounded like close personal friends hmm. that couldn't be the same Defoe that used to uh, talk about dave johnson mailing it in i think so and take some cheap shots at dave one of the great race callers of all time that's the same Defoe mailing it in living large and mailing it in full of crap Defoe, as usual Anyway, Dave will be calling us at 11 o'clock. That's all that counts. Cool. How's Defoe's share doing over there that oh, point? Oh, oh. One thing about that, it's easy to stay consistent when you've got nobody listening. Mm-hmm. Although John of Fort Lauderdale, I guess, was listening. So I got an email from George, who evidently is doing fine, thank goodness, and I'll get to that momentarily. Here's the poll result from yesterday. I've changed it already. And somebody asked me a good question in one of these emails about how come there's nothing on our website about, and when's the website getting changed already? I thought Eric was going to work on that. I guess he hasn't. <laughs> what? I guess he hasn't. Well, he hasn't because he hasn't moved, uh, moved it over to the new uh, machine or whatever. I don't know. There's some stuff going on. I don't know. Right. A lot of stuff going on. We're moving into the new building on Monday or over the weekend or whatever. You mm-hmm. are. Yeah. I'm not. I'm still going to be in the same old building. And the AC is on. Oh. Oh, a happy day. Oh, it is so comfortable in here you have no idea. I've been waiting for this day for a long time. been clammy and stuffy. Now, once it's on, you can adjust the temperature, right? Yeah, that's good. and then, if we have like an, an unusual May cold day, which is possible, then I got the baseboard heating all in every room, so it can get a little more toasty too. It's a hell of a lot easier to make it warmer than it is to make it cooler, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. When it's hot and stuffy, it's like uh, you can't breathe. Oh. The best Canadian rock band or singers was or were six hundred and sixty two votes we had, and rush. Wins, 152 for Rush. Neil Young, 143. Neil Young, oh, my yeah, God. Yeah, what's up with that? Couldn't lick Rush's ass. Guess who's 77? 77! How do you like that again, huh? Hmm. Gordon Lightfoot had... About 30, man! Steppenwolf, 29. Paul Anka, 24. Brian Adams, 23. Man Murray, 22. Nickelback, 21. BTO, 20. Al Anus Morissette, 19. Bare Naked Ladies, 12. David Clayton Thomas, 12. He was Canadian. I didn't know that till this moment. I never knew that. Hmm. Spinning wheel by blood, sweat, and tears with David Clayton Thomas. They were a uh, Canadian, were they? I guess I. You I guess? Don't know. You don't know? Yeah. Look it up in your computer. <laughs> <laughs> Won't it be great on Monday? Are you going to have a computer on Monday in there? I will. Are you sure? Well, kind... Cowboy Junkies eight, Triumph eight, Sum forty one six, Burton Cummings six. Little slop over there with a guess who? Burton Cummings, who played that slot machine next to me a few years ago at Woodbine and made a real ass out of himself to me. I just, I was just revolted by his behavior. Ronnie Hawkins, the band, six. Loverboy, five. Arcade <laughs> Fire, five. Where's, what's her name? Avril Levine. Mm, well, she's did terrible. Did leave her so. off of here? I hope. You hope we left her off of there? Why? She's not We good. left
3: her off of the uh, thing.
2: Damn. Who's that, Eric? Arcade, what? Eric did that? I guess we could add nice it. Nice going, Eric. Blame Eric for everything. Arcade Fire 4, Billy Talent 4, DOA 4, The Tea Party 3, The Four Lads 3. The Four Lads were Canadian? My God. Standing on the Corner, The Diamonds 3, Three Days Grace 2, The Tragically Hip 2, Helix 2, April Wine 1, but no Avril Lavigne. the hell's wrong with us? Theory of a Dead Man 1, Matthew Goodband 1, Great Big C 1, Jeff Healy 1, Blue Rodeo 1, Tom Cochran 1, Who? Trooper 1, Stomping Tom Connors. Oh, no. It's a
3: good old hockey game. It's about... Oh,
2: Stomping Tom Connors. Somebody ought to stomp him. He's the worst. He's got a vote. Andy Kim got one. Klatu got a vote. No votes for Our Lady Peace, I, Mother Earth, which you were all excited about. Oh, yeah. Sloan, Colin James, Kim Mitchell, Platinum Blonde, 5440, Chili Whack, Stampeders, or Bobby Curtola. None. Zero. doodah. Oh. Oh. Big Oh. O. Speaking of the big O, he'll be on at 2 this afternoon. People are wondering. Geldy's on for Mad Dog this afternoon, 4 to 7. Ow! Wow. Mm-hmm. Dolphin tonight, 7 to 8. And then we got DA, 8 to 11. DOA. I'm going to start changing the name of that show to the DOA show instead of DA. Mm-hmm. And then we got Greg Likens on, as he is every Friday from 11 p.m. to 1 a.m. I don't know why, but he's on there. Is he any good? Yeah, he's okay. Is he okay? Yeah. I didn't ask, is he okay? Is he good? Is he's he a okay. great broadcaster. Is he. um... He's learning. Compelling. Does he do a compelling show? No. Well, if he's compelling, I'm smelling. George Rodriguez says, Spirits are high and so am I. The George Report. This could be a new segment on the show until he gets another gig, which evidently may not be that far down the road. He'll land on his feet. He'll be All okay. All right. And, and I got some of these emails, man. Some of you people, you crazy people... You know, I'll tell you what. You walk out of your job. All you people out there that are so <laughs> cocksure of uh, your life and your finances, you walk out. I'm not walking out on anybody. And you pay George uh, a bunch of money. Take right. him, bring him a bag of money to his house. George says, spirits are high and so am I. I've already been contacted by a couple of interested parties. No one is doubting my popularity or my ability to get ratings. The issue as usual is how much they're willing to pay. De Niro. Right. It would help me secure the money I'm asking for and need just to stay level if I can walk in with a list of sponsors. I have a few I know I can count on, but the more the merrier. Beginning a lot of emails, people asking what they can do to help, sponsors can help. I don't really need anyone writing in with uh, their boss's contact info. This ain't Glengarry Gary, Glenn Ross. I don't need leads, and I have my own copy of the yellow pages. I need bosses who say they'd be happy to sponsor a George show right away or in the near future. They can write me here, george at neilrogers.com, Jorge at neilrogers.com. Caught some of the show yesterday. The emails are very sweet. Most of them. Not all of them. Just to be accurate, you know how I am when uh, what I offered to give was uh, Lee my entire music library, about 15,000 songs. Media Monkey is just the software I used to manage and play the songs with. Right. I'll come in and transfer to the library and install Media Monkey as soon as he gets the other computer hooked up. Today, if he wants. Thanks, old man, George. Thanks, old man. How do you like that? Was that a shot Did at that the call end? he me the old man. What? Was that He's been shot? calling me the old man for 20 years. Or 15 years, anyway. Well, if the old man, if we lose the old man, remember that line? Yeah. If we lose the old man, and the Godfather, everything comes back to the Godfather. In fact, I think more than anything else, especially this week with all the crap that's been going down, I think more than any other line in the Godfather, this one's appropriate. This
3: is the business we've chosen.
2: (laughs) He was so good, Hyman Roth. Yep. He used to
3: walk his little dog on Miami Beach and all the old ladies would
2: quell from him. Yeah, screw him. Hyman Roth. He's still dead. Here's one that says, Hey, Neil, sorry to hear that George has joined the many other unemployed Americans out there since he was axed the other day. I wanted to comment on all the emails you read yesterday about people claiming they'll no longer tune into your show because George is gone. Your show is called The Neil Rogers Show and not The Neil and George Show. I listened to the show to get a good laugh from you, flapping your gums at random topics from... Um, 10 to 2. I don't listen to the show to hear George say his random, okay, sure, and no when you ask him a question. A little shot there at George. Keep up the good work and stay crazy. I am, Leo. I'm crazier than a bed bug. Always will be. Always have been, especially when I started in this business. This is the monkey business. So I changed the poll so people can vent. And by the way, I did put a thing up there that I sent to, um... Chris from FSU says, Joe Bell just won't leave me alone after calling and mailing my house. Now he's threatening me by saying he's given my name to the police as well as the dean's office at FSU. Yeah, that's the kid that called him a douche nozzle. Oh, called him a douche nozzle? And started the, the email with the... call uh... him a C, oh, the right. C word. So I'm not worried about this, but this man is a pest. He wants me to apologize for calling him mean names, but I say F him. <laughs> I find it unbelievable he's stalking me, says Chris from FSU. Oh, you know about this creep? Yeah, that was the email I told you that day. He started it out with the C word. Well... He's one of
4: mine
2: too from Florida time. State. Pulse question: Do you want George back? Yes or no? Hope this helps, says James. Oh yeah, that's a big help. Let's see how the poll is coming. What's your take on George's getting fired? I'm pissed off. Seventy. We got 174 votes already. I'm pissed off. Seventy. I'm not happy about it. Forty-six. Joe Bell is the Antichrist. Thirty. Good riddance. Nineteen. I don't care. Nine. So the overwhelming majority are pissed off, unhappy, and think Joe Bell is the Antichrist. And see you next time, Jimmy Dworsky. You know Jimmy, you're out of control. I don't need to read your communication back and forth with Jolly Joe. Okay, not interested. You already sent it once. I read it. It was boring the first time, and it's more boring. Biography for David Clayton Thomas. Somebody sends in. Born in Surrey, England. You see that? Hmm. He wasn't Canadian. Born in Surrey, England, UK. What kind of crap? You people are crazy people. Michael says, I agree with Flea that Avril Lavigne's music blows. However, he must admit she is smoking hot. Ooh. I bet even an old fairy like you gets a tingle when she's dancing around on stage. No, I don't get a tingle or a jingle. Yeah, and I wouldn't call her smoking hot. I like, I like her. her a lot. I wouldn't say she's smoking hot. No, Cute. She's cutesy. I say she's cutesy. Yeah. Isn't that a good way to describe her? Perfect. Cutesy. Her music is marginal at best. I like opera Lavigne just fine. Her music's and cutesy, And what sweat too. and tears were not Canadian. They keep putting all these British people on there. What about the freaking Beatles? This is the business we've chosen. Yeah, I heard that somewhere.
5: Oh, Neil! It's Fatwa Friday, you bastards.
6: All right. I had a chick named Kay day she flew away to Tijuana, where the moon, is the moon is blue. But with our right-wing censorship, there are words that mustn't slip to truly tell you how I feel for K. So, if
1: you see K in
6: Tijuana, see. He won't let me sing this song I wrote
2: At 560 WQM. One of the emails I got this morning was from Paul Harvey Jr. I haven't heard from him in ages. Hmm. Call me, and he's got a phone number. Call me. I'm not going to call you. Why would I call you? If you got something to tell me, when in doubt, tap it out, right? Yep. If you know the email address, which obviously you do, why why would I call him, Paul Harvey Jr.? I don't know. If you got something good for George, then send it to me or send it to George. George at NeilRogers.com. Jorge, J-O-R-G-E, Okay. For all you crackers out there, Jorge. And maybe we'll be getting the George report every day from George. We'll see on Monday once we get in the new building. Yep. Now, how is that new studio? Small. Is that what you're going to do from now on? Is just say, yep, yep, yep? It's small, but
4: it's nice. How about the studio? (laughs) It's okay, too. It's like a cubbyhole. It's about half the size of uh, your old room, but it's going to oh. have new equipment at least, new board. and Do uh, really? new TVs. Yeah. Wow. Nice digital board. Hmm. Yeah. The, That's uh, scary. The CD player will actually fire from the board. Crazy really? stuff like that. Yeah. It's going to be the
2: nuts. The CD player? Yeah. What about the uh, cart player? Cart I don't deck. think they're going to hook up the cart deck. They're not going to hook up the cart deck? I don't think so. Oh,
4: George threw out all the carts anyway.
2: He did? Yeah, he tossed them. I was like, he should keep them. Why did he them. do that? I don't know. You're fired, George. Oh. What do you mean he threw out all the carts? He Why would you them. do that? I don't know. There was some good crap on there. Well I'm I'm assuming that knowing George that he transferred it to something else. I'm assuming. Yeah, he put him he digital, digital digitized, I guess everything. He digitized? Digitized. He digitized. Digitized. Get it right, please. Sorry. Don't start making a lot of mistakes. <laughs> You're under a magnifying glass, especially with the big bucks they're paying you. Now, let, not, let me make sure, because I've been under a lot of stress all week long. I haven't been feeling great. Now we've got the air on. I can breathe. Did I hear you say that you're not getting paid an extra dime to produce this show? Is that what you said? That is true. Now, why would anybody agree to do something like that? To keep my job? Oh. Yeah.
4: Hey, by the way, I got an email from Linda Bird, who is the... Uh... Works for the station in TKS, Orlando. Yeah. yeah, and she said uh, the interest. Talking about your show, the interest is really a listener recommending that it would be a good option, and my responding with the fact that we would consider. Mm-hmm. I am forwarding uh, information to the program director at WTKS, oh, Kath- Catherine Brown.
2: Yeah, yeah, we got people out there, we got groupies who are like trying to interfere and get involved and like, oh, well, Neil should be on TKS in Orlando and Neil should be on Sirius and so they're like, uh, you know, pretending to be representing me. Right. Which they're not. No. I think the chances of my ever working for a cheap channel on one of their stations on a scale of minus infinity is just off the edge, it's off the edge of the universe. They suck. Well, you know that. Yep. There he goes again. Yep. I got Just to this work, morning. I got to work that. with uh, Dave Ross. That was fun. David Ross. Oh, Norma, another one of Norma Cant's good buddies. Yeah, talk about it. Norma you. hangs around with all the real pros in the business. David Ross, Steve Lampa, Do Mozzles. Jolly muzzles. Ass, Joe Bell. That's Norma's crowd. I spoke to Norma last night. He said, George finally, uh, George got that flunky lawyer, Jan Murray or whatever his name was, that he and the Chicken Neck were trying to find a couple of years ago when they were trying to get me a, an, a, a real agent. And believe me, Jan Murray, he ain't one of them. He's a f- silly guy. But anyway, George got a hold of him, I guess, and he's representing George. And I do believe he's the one that wrote George's contract for the three-year extension. <laughs> and George himself said to me, that contract's got more holes than a piece of Swiss cheese. And evidently it did. Everybody's talking about my contract. What about his? What security did he have? He admitted to me at the time, he said, there's, there's no, you know, they can fire me if I come in and fart the wrong flavor. I guess he did. What flavor was it, you know? Strawberry. Strawberry fart. That was the end. The Phantom Informer, who's another one who's full of crap, says, George has handled himself with class and dignity. I'm reaching out to my radio contacts on his behalf. We, will mi- we miss you, George. I'm reaching out to my radio contacts. Yeah, contact this, the Phantom Informer. I even got a fake email from uh, Rick Shaw last night. I'll get to that. It's in my pile. You what? Fake email from the fake Rick Shaw. First of all, Rickshaw wouldn't email me on that address. He would send me to another MySpace. And number two, it's got all kinds of grammatical and spelling errors in there. One thing about Rickshaw, one thing he's not is dumb. He wouldn't be making all kinds of stupid-ass grammatical and spelling errors like the average schmuck out there, the average putz. That's one great thing about the emails, you know. The, I mean, the phone is anonymous, but at least somebody's voice is like a like a fingerprint. You know, it's a voice print. You recognize the voice right away. But an email is totally anonymous, like putting a message in a bottle. So everybody is somebody else. Everybody is Rick Shaw. Everybody is uh, Jimmy Syphilitic. Everybody is this one and that one. Everybody's very jackass. By the way, thanks to the real-time Jick, I wrote another thing about what's going on here. Another Q&A thing in the Sun Sentinel. I'll get to it. It's, in, it's coming up soon, coming up momentarily. Lawrence, who's really chronic. I mean, just out of control. Good guy, but just chronic as hell. I only listened to a little bit of the Big O show. I guess Big A is an ass can't be used. And to the Mad Dog yesterday and the Big Dog this morning. So maybe I'm off base here. Did any of these guys mention what happened to George at all? Did they? Did you hear anybody mention anything about it on the other shows? I did not hear anything. See, we don't exist. We're we're an island on this station. We're we're the only non-sport show, so they don't talk about us. Or did they meet my extremely low expectations and just talk sports, sports, sports? Oh, Jason Taylor, you're so strong in your back. Aren't we blessed? He writes. I I don't know. I didn't hear about anybody. I I, I wouldn't know because I don't listen. I don't come in here. I could listen when you uh, remember to turn the audio back up at the end of the show. Right. You're going to be doing that every day or not? I will. Sometimes people come in here and posky around and uh, turn it off. Well, keep them out of there. When we get in that new studio, keep all the intruders, the interlopers out. I'll lock it. That's part of your high-paid job. <laughs> when in doubt, keep the interlopers out. Bastards. Mayor Bloomberg says taking no chances with the swine flu. More than 50 students have been sent home from this school with flu-like symptoms since Wednesday, May 6. He is so freaking Jewish, you know? Sorry, it's a close to... Mayor Bloomberg. Bloomberg. I mean, not just the way he looks and the name, but he speaks. He speaks so New York Jewy. You know what I mean by that? Yes, I do. Although not New York Jewy like uh, Sam Rosen and Moe. They're they in a different category. They both sound very much alike. I hate to say that because Sam Rosen I hear is a really good guy. You know Sam Rosen? I do not. Voice of the Rangers for 100 years and oh, also okay. he's on uh, Versus. Yeah. Hockey, hockey, hockey. Also, he does one of the NFL games every week, too. Sam Rosen. You don't know Sam Rosen? I do now, yeah. I didn't know him by name. You better get with him, mister. You're already slipping. You're fading into obscurity and you just started. How about uh, Boston get eliminated? Oh, I didn't see the final scores last night. The Bruins are out. Bruins are out. I see the Red Wings beat the Ducks. I'm not happy about that. No. Carolina, I said, when I went to bed, Carolina was at, I think, 3-2. to two. What was the final?
4: Uh, I'm not sure, but I know Carolina
2: won. Well, I'll be named good. Screw the Bruins. Yep. I don't like that team. I don't know what it is about them. And, of course, Carolina's got my good buddy Ray Whitney on there. 245 votes on the new pool. What's your take on George getting fired? I'm pissed off. 101. I'm not happy about it. 65. Joe Bell is the Antichrist. 39. Good riddance. 27. And I don't care. 13. So overwhelming. Overwhelming sentiment. They're pissed off about George. And why not? Why not?
0: It's Friday, you bastard. <laughs> We're going out of business. Dave Arneson lived an adventurous life. Exploring the forgotten realms of Ravenloft or the mountains of Stormreach. He was a great friend. The kind that would lend you a plus eight shield or assign you a plus two charisma amulet when fighting the minions of Loth. Once he saved my life. As young druids, we were walking across a dark bog when Dave saw a war guest screaming towards me. (laughs) If it wasn't for Dave, I wouldn't have been able to equip my boots of escaping in time. (laughs) And now, sadly, Dave's mana supply has run out, and his saving throw has failed, and he will forever be missed. (laughs) But I know, I know he's with the great dungeon master in the sky.
2: Exactly, and that's a good place for him. 1031 at 560 WQAM. Here's some goofball who says, is George fired or is he coming back? No, he's fired and he's not coming back. George is a decent sidekick for your show, but as a host, he sucks. Get back to taking some calls. No. Bring back Dave Caprita. Captain David Neal. Neil Flea Blows. Hetero homo, it says. Hetero homo. <laughs> what does that mean? I don't know. hetero. Hetero. I think I'm Chris heter- from FSU, who's really chronic and getting on my nerves, says, "Did you call me a creep? I didn't call you anything. I don't even know who the hell you are. Did I call him a creep? No." Says, "I'm not. I sent Joe Bell one email. and He won't leave me alone. I don't like dealing with him or emailing your show like the crazies. I just want Joe Bell out of my life." Says Chris from FSU. Hm. Poor Chris. Maybe you are a creep, Chris. I don't know. What kind of crap that you're sending. And Baron Fitz says, in line with Chris, did I hear what I think I just heard? Joe Bell is going after one of your listeners for calling him names. If that's the case, I take back calling him a fat loser. He's the fattest loser in the history of fat losers. What a douche knuckle. Ooh. I wonder if that's kindle like douche nozzle. You think douche knuckle? <laughs> I like it. Douche bucket. What about a tub of douche? Oh, I already know this, Rick. Rick says, Mike Smith is writing mine, the burden of preakness. If you haven't heard yet, yeah, I've heard. See you at Batavia Downs. Didn't I tell you before the show today, Mike Smith is riding? I looked it up. You did. Because Dave's calling at 11 o'clock. I want to know a little bit of something about this race. Not that I know that much about thoroughbred races, and I don't pretend to. Even when we did that stuff, I got lucky there at Gulfstream. I picked like five winners out of ten weeks. That wasn't too bad in yeah. a couple of seconds. Mm-hmm. It was fun. You started out hot. It started out really hot. I was like winning every week, and then all of a sudden, you know, that's the way it goes in racing. Yep. You go in streaks. Flea told me Eddie Kay won $80 billion at uh, Gulfstream a few weeks ago. Isn't that what you told me? Yeah, it was a lot. He won a lot of money. Good. Good guy, Eddie Kay. He, got, he was the first one to get screwed, as I recall. And the true story about Eddie Kay is that he offered to do the show for nothing, just for the talent fee from his strip clubs and all his other sponsors, you know. Offered to work for free. And Fat Joe said, bye-bye. Bye, Eddie Kay. Something like that. So the real Tom Jicka writes... And his questions and answers, I, I still think Tom makes these up, which thanks very much, Tom, for making up questions that have my name in the station, and we like that. We can use all the free publicity we can get. Question. I listened to a smattering of Neil Rogers and heard the axe fell on poor George Rodriguez. I hope he can land on his feet somewhere decent. It looks like WQM is trying to hasten Neil's exit slash retirement. So once the summer starts, will they be programming best-of shows, or will they elevate one of the kids in the studio to be the next George? One of the, are you one of the kids in the studio? <laughs> I'm the only person in
4: the studio. What? I'm the only person in the studio. I'm sure of that. They're all down the street, huh? Yeah, there's nobody What about here. Clarence? Is he down the street? No, he's still here, but he's not coming in until like 11. He had a doctor's appointment.
2: He's not coming in until
4: when? 11-ish. Why not? He had a doctor's appointment.
2: Uh-oh. Didn't he just get married? Yes, he did. Don't tell me uh, somebody caught something already. <laughs> anyway, so Tom Jicka's response to um, this person is... I wrote in this spot Monday that the rumors of George's demise were not shtick. It took only a couple of days to be proven correct. WQM is cutting like crazy, something that's an epidemic throughout the media. Neil swears there'll be no best of tapes during the summer, so it looks like the board operators will become on-air personalities. Are you a board operator? I guess so. Neil will not be as easy to run off as George was. He reiterated on the air what I wrote. They're not going to drive him to quit. That's right, I'm not walking out just to make some of you idiots happy out there. Oh, if you supported George, you'd walk out. Yeah, right. Yeah. As for George, these are not good times to be job hunting, to state the obvious. Even in the best of times, there doesn't appear to be another station in the market where George would appear to be a good foot, says Tommy Jicka. Well, thanks, Tommy, for the free publicity. Yeah, and I spoke to Joe Bell yesterday, and he guaranteed no tapes. Oh, are you serial? Oh, you made my day. He guaranteed no tapes. Oh. Take it to the bank. How come I don't hear anything? Oh, that's probably because the thing is on. Ow! There we go. Had the button off. Yeah. I-, I had the pot off. Now that George is here, we don't have as much pot as we used to. Ow! Ow! But it's back on now.
7: Oh, 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 oh.
2: You can do some really interesting things with this 360, you know? <laughs> you can do that for, until, until 2 o'clock. <laughs> anyway, somebody wrote this on their blog. Ugh. FZ2878, boy, there's all these blogs, you know. It says it was a sad day for South Florida Radio today, meaning yesterday, when the listening community learned that the rumors had come to fruition and George Rodriguez, producer and longtime sidekick for the Neil Rogers show, had been schmidt from 560 WQAM. schmidt how do you like that? Wow. The subject of George's forced departure from the show had been surfacing so often that many listeners in the audience thought it was some kind of shtick to fill airtime. What made it even harder to believe was Neil's claim that Norma Kant, his attorney and agent, had written in his contract giving Neal the right to choose his own producer. Apparently, Norma lived up to his name, Euphiri. If anyone should be fired, it should be that ass clown Norma. Of course, even that would be too late to help George, it says. Aside from producing the show, George had one of the toughest jobs in radio, filling in for Neal when he went on vacation or was sick from too much gut plunging at Woodbine. I remember the first time I heard George filling in for Neil, I had the same negative reaction many people seem to have, because I tuned in to hear Neil Rogers, not some Neil Rogers wannabe. But I quickly found what I liked most about George was that he never tried to be anything at all like Neil. He was always true to himself. In fact, at least on the air, two people who worked so close together couldn't have been more different. And off the air. True. The more I was exposed to the real George Rodriguez, the more I realized his intelligence, his ability to construct an argument, whether he was pro or con any subject, with well-thought-out opinions. With radio, it's hard to know what's rehearsed and what's spontaneous. But that's one thing George and Neil have in common. They both make every delivery seem spontaneous and real. That's because they are. They don't seem spontaneous and real. They are. We don't sit there and rehearse. Oh, what are we going to talk about? What kind of contrived crap are we going to whip up today? You know, Who's going to be uh, fired today? Who's really on vacation? Yeah. And by the way, George is not really on vacation. He's on a forced vacation. says, I don't know what the future has in store for George. And in these times, I wouldn't wish that anyone lose their job, especially not someone with a wife and kids. I do know he's a talented guy, and hopefully someone else will soon appreciate that talent and put him back to work. I also know that he's a loss, that his loss is South Florida's loss. But that's business if you can call how the Beasley Broadcast Group operates business. They seem to have a death wish for QAM with a weak signal. A heartless GM who gives the name Jolly Joe Bell goes by the name. Bell has unleashed a recent wave of firing what little talent they have left in their lineup in the name of saving money. Correct me if I'm wrong, but don't you have to spend money to find and keep talent if you want to keep an audience? What? But then George always predicted it, saying almost prophetically, if it's good, they'll kill it. If it sucks, they'll put it on the air. Or something like that, how right he was. Now, what he used to say was, if they like it, it's going to suck and it's going to fail. Isn't that what he always said? You are correct. It says, the real fake William S. James, long-time listener, no-time caller, on some blog. Well, thanks, William. And George thanks you profusely, I'm sure. So we had the George report at the beginning of the show. We'll do that again. I'm sure on Monday he'll be emailing. Hopefully okay. with some really good news from over the weekend. Although he's got that Jan Murray guy representing him. Oh my God!
3: <laughs> well, that's uh, We take 44 points, and then the agent takes 88 points. And
2: and my comment was, well, what's the point? You're already taking all, more salary than I'm going to get, and I'm not getting anything based on what he's telling me because he didn't have any job, you know. Hopefully he'll do better for George. You think? Maybe. You think? Yes. Start thinking, man. If you're going to be on this show, this is a thinking man show. Oh, yeah,
0: Just so ask me, I'll tell you. Well, think here about we go it. Again. So- Neil Rogers got Pontiac.
1: Oh. Oh. We're going out of business.
6: It's April Fool's Day, so be on the lookout for saran wrap over the toilet, fake
2: vomit on your desk, people with joy buzzers who want to shake your hand, or phone callers asking if your refrigerator is running. Yes, you can be made a fool for a day, but at least you won't be these guys who are fools every day. Yeah, amen. How come I played that? Not sure. That was operator error. I didn't really have any intention of playing that because it's not April Fool's Day. And the thing with George is not an April Fool. I'm sure we got a whole bunch of people out there sitting waiting. Oh, well, we know, just know he's coming back. This is all a big joke. Sure. Just like it was just shtick. Everything's just shtick. Yeah. Everybody is up to some game, some trick, you know, and, and you know who thinks like that? Game players, people who play games. They think everybody else is a game player. The Dow's up 56 points. But we got stormy skies in the Midwest. That's what that marginal Rob Marciano says on CNN. Stormy skies in the Midwest. Phil in Gainesville says, as is a long-time listener to your, just your show on QAM. I was sad to hear of George's firing. I think he did a great job filling in for you. He's very smart and funny. I enjoyed his show. The station management is pathetic. That's correct, Phil. I wish George the best of luck in the future and hope another station picks him up. Sincerely, Phil in Gainesville. Well, ditto, ditto. We uh, second all those emotions. The Fake Time Jika says, Steve Lapp has said he would reach out to George. May not have much money to offer, but there might be a spot with Ron Hersey. Interested in Suds Coleman as well. Whatever happened to Fat Chris? With George gone, will he come around? Well, now, what does that mean, with George gone, will he come around? Can you uh, interpret that for me? I don't know. What? I have no idea. But your, your level is so freaking low. How about this? There you go. Now okay. like I can hear you. All right. Speak up, man. Speak up. You don't have to, like, uh, lurch in the background there just because George is fired. Whatever happened to Fat Chris with George gone? Will he come around? I have no idea what that means. I don't know. Aren't you surprised they didn't offer Fat Chris the job? No. He couldn't do the show. Is he going to be making any appearances with you during the course of the summertime, Fat Chris?
4: I don't think so, because he does
2: the overnights, so... Yeah? He might hang around. Maybe. There was a little bit of food in the offing, maybe on a (laughs) Thursday, you know, when we got the round. Although, I'm going to be working Tuesday and Thursdays. Right. He could come in for some chow on a Thursday. Sure. It would be nice to have old Fatso come around one one more time. Yeah, he's always welcome. This guy, Frank, P.S., get rid of that blasted PC and get a Mac. I don't want a Mac, okay? I do like macaroni and cheese. Mm. Mac and cheese, that I like. I don't mm-hmm. like Macs. Yeah. You like a Mac? I like Mac and cheese.
4: Yeah. I have a Mac at home. It's okay, but it's really hard when you have to work with other people that have PCs.
2: Mm-hmm. So. Just like those emails I get, like look like Chinese hieroglyphics. Right. Like that one yesterday. Can't read them. Frank says, long-time listener, big-time slacker. Hard to catch your show with work. I brought you white hots... With the sauce to the Zeta Studio years ago. Oh, yeah, from Wayne Arnold. Those were the days, man. Wayne still got the White Hots. So, George, was fired, question mark? Yes. When well, you said it 25 years ago on 976 Neil, Don't get into this business, I beg you. They'll step on you like a used piece of gum. Yeah, I had a deal going years ago, 976 Neil. I'm trying to remember what station that was. I think it was INZ. I think Dave Ryder got me involved in that. Is he still alive, by the way, Dave Ryder? Do you know him? No. Former PD at INZ, former radio guy? No, I don't. Anyway, I had a 976 needle. I made a few bucks off it because I used to get paid by the call, and I would, like, have a message on there for two minutes and rant and rave about different things every day. That went over like uh, that went over like uh, pork chops in Tel Aviv, you know, not not big. Jeez, I can remember crap like this, says Frank, but not what I'm supposed to. Well, he's a talent, I'm sure he'll bounce back. Look at Mr. Ego. By the way, Bubba always gives you plugs. He reminds me of when you were on Zeta. I can't believe he isn't burying Paul and Young Moron. Well, take care of yourself and enjoy Canada. Miami's a third world toilet. Thanks for over 30 years of laughter. I'll listen when I can. P.S. Get rid of that blasted PC and get a Mac. No chance. My computer is just as fine as GI wine. ever tell you which one I got? No. It's the Pavilion Slimline. Nice. Takes up very little space. It, didn't, it doesn't crash. It's just, you know... I mean, once in a great while something will happen, but not, not because of the computer. Barbara says, Neo Radio is the only business where someone like Flees with zero talk show experience can slide right into a prime on-air position in a major market simply because he's cheaper and is palsy wowsy with the boss. Are you palsy wowsy with the boss? palsy wowsy? I don't know about that. Are you one of his bunk-butt buddies? <laughs> Joe, Bell should not be, Joe Bell should be fired for not knowing that talent, experience, and results actually matter. He should also be fired for promoting his little buddy Flea just because they're friends and Flea's work cheap. It's a slap in the face to hardworking professionals everywhere. Why not use this opportunity to give on-air auditions to actual radio professionals? Oh, yeah. See who's out there. Why not try Nicole Sandler, Keith Van Allen, Bill Martin, Seabass, Jay, Dick Farrell, Jim DeFetus might even be worth a laugh. Seabass is good. Just keep footy as far away as possible. Oh, we will. I worked with Seabass in Tamplin. Who's
4: that? Seabass used to be the uh, morning guy in Tampa, 98 Rock in Tampa, and then he came over here and did uh, some things, I think, at Gator. Yeah. And now he's doing nothing. But he's, 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 uh, he's talented. He's a good guy.
2: If QA management is truly interested in success, wouldn't it make sense to see what real talent's available instead of just handing the gig to a career near-to-well who happens to work cheap? Are you a career near-to-well? No, I think I've done actually okay in my career. Fleas would never go for on-air auditions because he's terrified of anyone with more talent than him. He's like a solier Solieri. Okay. Jealous of Mozart, screw him, Barbie yeah. from Tampa. That's me. What? What is that? S-O-L-I-E-R-E? I don't even know what that is. I don't know. Solieri, do you know what that is? No. Barbara, I know you're in Tampa, but you're using words too big for me. Yeah. Neil, I also listened to the uh, other shows yesterday, says uh, Chef Sparky. Big O and M.D. and neither gave reference to George's departure. I thought Mad Dog would definitely come, and especially when he began to point out all the firings in the heat organization yesterday. By the way, old Paul says he disappointed in the old man, and nobody fires his producers but him. F. Joe Bell and that loser Clarence. Peace, Neil. Yeah. Yeah, he's disappointed in me, Paulie. Screw you, Paulie. You hire George and pay him $80 million a year, okay? It would make me very happy. Although I wouldn't wish him working for you. How do you like that, Castronova? All these people in the business who keep sticking their nose into my business and into the show. All these lemmings, all these Klingons. George says, I don't recall you calling Chris from FSU a creep. However, you did call me creepy just because you pronounced my last name correctly. Well, I'm happy to contribute to your show. Well, thanks, George Streepy, and you are creepy. (laughs) More than a 1,000 GM dealers are the next to go. Everybody's getting fired. Everybody's closing down. Everybody's closing up, going out of business. Oishmoy Jew says, George took a licking and he will keep on ticking. I didn't know George was like John Cameron Swayze. You remember John Cameron Swayze way before your time, right? Yes. Is it? Yeah, he did the Timex spots. They take a take a licking and keep on ticking. Oh, okay. He was also, the yeah. what? I know him then. Yeah, he was the NBC news anchor when NBC news when the newscasts were only fifteen minutes. That's hundred years ago. Can anybody believe that newscasts were only network newscasts were fifteen minutes? That's because they didn't do like ten minutes on swine flu and twenty minutes on lost <laughs> puppies and stuff like that, and forty minutes on Miss California. Oh, if I have to hear any more about that crap, I'm so sick and tired of that bitch. And I'm really sick and tired of Mr. Comeover. Oh, my God, Donald Trump. Yeah. And now it looks like that big thing he was building in Fort Lauderdale is not going to open at all. With all those uh, fancy schmancy condos and all, nobody can buy them. Nobody's got any money. That's what's going on here. They build all these condos downtown, and uh, they're not finishing the buildings because nobody's got any money to buy them. They can't find any more Russians. Neil, George took a look at it. We'll keep on ticking. George had experience that'll take years for his replacement to learn. Do you hear that? Yep. As for those yahoos who want you to quit your paying gig to support George, they should quit their jobs and meet at the unemployment office and blow their brains out. Only schmucks tell others to do something that they would never do. That's right. Can you play, oh, we're fine for George? Oh, we're fine. No. Thanks, Neil. Hang in there. Your bonus check is in the mail, minus administration fees, says Oishmoy Jew. Thanks, Oishmoy. Salieri was a rival to Mozart, depicted in the film Amadeus. F. Murray Abraham played Salieri. I don't know who that is. I didn't watch that movie anyway. I don't care about Mozart, Beethoven. Look at this. This one says, calling Joe Bell a douche nozzle may be a discredit to the nozzle that actually has a usable function. <laughs> Excellent point. Very good. Well done. Better watch it. It'll start stalking you now. Flea's parents say, yo, Mr. Rogers... Thank you for firing George and letting our son work with you. We know that someday he'll take over for your your job because all of his contacts in the business. Thank you, Flea's parents. Wow. My
4: parents are dead, so
2: that's kind of creepy. Are your parents dead? Yeah. yeah that's in bad taste then. Yeah, a little bit. Mine too. Your parents are dead? Yeah. You're not that old, are you? No, my dad died when I was 19. Wow. Yeah. And mom? She died about three years ago. Wow, mine too. This stuff happens, you know. It's part of life. Yep. The older you get, the more dead people you got around
4: you. Well, my dad smoked for like 40 years, so.
2: Oh, boy. Yeah. Heavy-duty smokers, man. They wind up croaking fast. Oh, yeah. My mom pulled an Elvis. She had a heart attack in the toilet. She had a heart attack on the toilet? Yep. Holy moly. But she she didn't have the heart attack because she had all them drugs in her system like Elvis. No, but she had a lot of uh, vodka in her system and a lot of uh, nicotine. She had a lot of vodka in her system? She was drunk on the toilet? Oh, a chain smoker and hardcore alcoholic. Oh, not a good combination. And Now she sleeps with the fishes. Yeah. Well, you're insensitive the way you talk about... What can you do? I mean, you know, they die. People die. Yeah, but the way you're talking about it, though, not the fact that they died, but just the way you described it. Well, when you grow up in an alcoholic home for,
4: you know, your whole life, you tend to get a little jaded and bitter.
2: Oh, my God. You grew up in an alcoholic home? Oh, God, it was horrible, yeah. Boy. So I guess you're not much of a drinker. Oh yeah, I drink. Do you? Yeah. Not a good idea. Probably not. Is Flea a Joe, is a Flea a bell buddy? Kenny Gramer asked. of course he didn't say yesterday that he saw some of the emails Joe Bell's been getting. He actually read them. I don't think Joe Bell would let just anybody look at his email, do you? See that? This is a suggestion from Kenny Gramer that you're you're on
4: the inside. He showed me the email. He did show it. He printed it out and showed it to me. It's not like I'm reading his emails. It's like
2: I'm going through his yeah. email inbox. Why, why did he do that? Why would he show you an email? It was the one that uh, called him a oh, douche nozzle. I better nozzle. the break because Dave Johnson's calling at 11. Okay. Yeah, not that we don't care about the email, but nevertheless.
6: This is the Neil Rogers Show.
2: <laughs> this
6: is your brain. Any questions?
2: Okay, it's uh, 11 o'clock. I bet you that phone is going to ring any second. You think? I think so. Here's one that says if Randy Rhodes can come back twice after being fired, so can George. Says Mark in Coconut Creek. Thanks, Mark. And don't forget you're in. Wow! And look at that. You know the ancient Egyptians used to set the sundial by Dave Johnson's phone call. That's how <laughs> prompt he is. <laughs> wow! Isn't that true, Dave?
7: <laughs> That's funny. That's a good line. Neil. Good morning. And on the far
2: outside, here comes Regal Ransom, Dave Johnson's choice in the Derby. Um, who'd you pick? I picked the horse that got scratched. Oh,
7: well, that's better than mine. How well, did at least that if horse you get scratched,
2: win? you get your money back.
7: How did the bird horse win?
2: You know, that's an excellent question. And, and by the way, can, now that he's won two derbies, can somebody buy Calvin Burrell some teeth, please? <laughs> please. Oh, please. What is his story? He's strange. Well, he's
7: a very likable guy, but he he uh, he he went to <laughs> the like eighth everybody. grade, uh, Neil. I mean, you know, he's he's uh, I don't think he can read or write, uh, but he's a you know he's just a horseman, and I mean, God love him. I, I he's a Cajun
2: man. He's a Cajun. Yeah. Yeah. And you know, a little known fact, because everybody thinks he's an old coot. You know which he is? And Mike Smith, who's going to be riding that horse in the Preakness tomorrow, is older. He's a year older than Calvin Burrell. Is he really?
7: Yeah. That now that's a good that's a good uh, factoid. I like that. You mean that. to say
2: you didn't even know that?
7: I didn't know that. I, wow! I, knew that...
2: I actually I actually gave Dave Johnson some fairly useless information about the Preakness. That's oh, great.
7: I'll use it on my serious radio broadcast tomorrow. You well, can yeah? you can bet on that.
2: <laughs> so what happened to Regal Ransom? He didn't run a lick, did he?
7: Neither did Friesian Fire. And, uh, yeah. and you know, I
2: picked for second, though finished second.
7: Oh, you had Pioneer the Nile.
2: Pioneer the Nile. I picked him for second.
7: You know, I thought at the top of the stretch, Pioneer Baffert was going to get another derby with Pioneer. He's good at bringing horses up for the big race, isn't he?
2: Now, I don't want to knock our mutual friend Tom Durkin, but I will say this, that through the stretch run, uh, I don't think he called mine that bird more than right, right the last 16th of a mile. He, he didn't see him. He lost him.
7: Well, but I have a theory, and I did talk with Tom about this. Uh, he called me a couple of days ago. When you're looking at uh, a field through the binoculars, you really only have two or three horses or, or a few horses in the front. And and it happened to me. Fortunately, it didn't happen in the derby. But uh, you you have those three or four horses that are battling in your field of, of view in the binoculars, and you don't see things that come on the inside or the outside. And that's what happened. Uh, he, he was looking back, but he wasn't looking to the rail.
2: One of the strangest things I've ever seen was the overhead view, which I'm sure you've seen it a hundred times of that race, and watching, it looked like little bugs moving through. You know what I'm saying? It looked like a bug along the rail moving through an opening, and then just zoomed by the rest of them, which which to me the only thing it said was the rest of the field was really garbage. That's what it told me.
7: Um, That horse passed, he passed 18 horses in 18 seconds. Right. Time it. I mean, I've never seen a a move like that in my life. Which means he was either going
2: very fast or they were standing still.
7: Um, you know, maybe he just, like, I guess guess this horse loved to be taken way back, which has never happened before, and he Mm loves the inside, and calvin does like the rail and i guess you put it all together but i don't think it can happen again though i no. certainly don't think he'll win the preakness to you
2: no I, I really don't i'm, I'm picking uh, rachel alexandra i hate to go with the chalk but i think she's just uh f- phenomenal
7: oh she is she's uh, and she would have beaten the boys in the derby had they run her instead of the right. oaks in the derby she would have she would have beaten mine that bird by 10 lengths.
2: i'm sure of it yeah really? i am
7: too yeah I mean she ran a huge number on all the sheets and the and the buyers and the and the thoroughgraphs and the ragazins and all that. I mean so much better than uh than Berg. Yeah. But um, so then the question is, so we both think that she's the most likely winner, Who, who's gonna be second?
2: Musket man.
7: Oh, okay. That's a good that's a good choice. And you'll yeah. get a good price. Really? Yeah. I'm gonna give Friesian Fire another shot for a oh, second. What about this big drama, <laughs> the horse on the rail? Any thought? Big drama? Yeah, the horse on the say, rail I, number
2: I, Here's what I say. Save the drama for your mama. That's what I say. <laughs> in addition to which, isn't big drama a speed horse front runner? Yes. He'll never outrun uh, Rachel Alexander. Well,
7: they, the they took they took Blinkers off, so they're, yeah. they're not looking for him to, to be in a speed duel with, with her. They uh-huh. just wanted him to be close. So.
2: She'll win by open lengths, I think. I think so, too. Um, the only the only reservation I have is that when you get a filly running in one of the Triple Crown races, it brings back horrible memories to me of ruffian and foolish pleasure in that ill-advised match race.
7: Well, it was only ill-advised after she broke down.
2: Yeah,
1: I mean it was
7: a it was a. I was the track announcer that day. And, uh, I mean, that crowd was just, they, they, that was like the old time, you know, people really got involved in that, uh, contest. It was only, you know, it was ill advised only after she broke down, Neil. Yeah. I mean, it's a that shame. Was it, tragic. it was Terrible,
2: terrible. She was, she was such a phenomenal filly. Mm. She was some
7: Did you see the ESPN, uh, uh, movie of her? No. It's really good, um, uh, uh they they did a very nice job i think is it sam shepherd that plays um uh i think it's sam shepherd that plays um uh, frank whiteley uh it was it was amazing i thought it was him i thought it was actually footage of him it's a very good show
2: i'll have to uh catch it somewhere i'll find it okay so who are you picking for second? You are agreeing with me on Rachel Alexandra.
7: I do. I think she's the best, but she's uh, certainly not bettable. I mean, you can't bet the. Way, you have to play an exact. That's the right. only way to do it. I'll, I'll go with Friesian Fire for second, and uh, and Big Drama would complete. I'm going to bet a six dollar, a dollar exacta box for six bucks. That's it. That's that's all I'm betting on the race. Can you handle it? I, I tore up two hundred and forty dollars worth of tri, trifecta tickets on the Derby. I wasn't really? Even, I wasn't even close.
2: See, if it would have been me, if I would have been thinking, which I wasn't, mind that bird. Of course, was the Woodbine horse.
7: You're a red border. You know what that is? A what? Somebody that, after the fact, says, I should have had this
2: because... Oh, yeah. Well, I had a friend, when I was in college, I had a friend in Detroit, we used to go to Hazel Park all the time, he had the winner after every race. There was never one race, that he didn't have the winner after the race. <laughs> yeah. Told you, yeah. I told you, you know, like that. <laughs> no, seriously, mind that bird, the only way you could like that horse was off its woodbine races, it was just dynamite here.
7: Are you in Canada?
2: Yes, I'm oh. in Toronto.
7: Um, Now, what about Chantel Sutherland? She says she was promised the mount on that horse. Um, I understand they tried to get
2: um, Aaron Ryder,
7: and he turned him down.
2: Yeah, she rode Uh, the horse here, mind that bird.
7: For the old owners. Right. Where did they buy this horse? At a Walmart?
2: Boy, that's bad. That's a shot. Where did they get him? I think Calvin Burrell was at Walmart.
7: Somebody said he had feet that looked like deer feet. Maybe that's
2: how he won. one. Hey, listen, now you've got a few bucks left over from the days when you were really working. How about buying him some teeth? Come on, Dave. I'll chip <laughs> in the teeth. Isn't it embarrassing My when My mother's
7: got over? an extra set. I think maybe she could send him her, her extra set.
3: And wouldn't it be
2: something if he winds up winning this race tomorrow? That would be like three Triple Crown races in um, two years, right?
7: You mean if Calvin wins it? Right. What if Mike Smith wins it on Mind That Bird?
2: Well, let's face it. If we have to choose who's the better jockey, is there any question? Not in my mind. No, Mike Smith is far superior jockey to Calvin Burrell. With all due respect to Calvin, you know, he rode a great race in the Derby and saved all the ground and yada yada, but he's no Mike Smith.
7: I, I agree. And and he's really a year older?
2: Yeah, Mike Smith is uh, was born in 65 and Burrell in 66.
7: <laughs> and we were working back then, too, weren't we? Well, I yeah, certainly we were, was.
2: We were living and breathing back then. Now <laughs> we're just like on oxygen. <laughs> I'll share the Cube. with you. How do you like that? <laughs> okay, so bad what news, happens by in the, the way. Got some Very bad news that you'll be dismayed about. My close personal friend and yours too, George Rodriguez, who's produced this show for 19 years, they canned him on Wednesday.
7: Oh, that's that's terrible.
2: Cost cutting. Everything is cost cutting now. Everybody's getting canned. Everybody's getting blown out. Even if they're making just a few bucks, everybody gets canned.
7: Oh, Neil, that's terrible news. It is. Oh, wow.
2: Sorry to ruin your day.
7: Yeah, I mean he's you know he's been our the link that's uh, gotten us together for all these years
2: nineteen years,
7: oh, that's just awful, yeah he'll be okay. Uh, was that's it a surprise guy.
2: no they they were leaking it for a long time they were like taunting and tantalizing and leaking, and I did everything I could to prevent it, but you know you know this business these are grave robbers, these people
7: oh it's just that's
2: terrible'm so well, sorry it, if if you hit something big tomorrow on the uh, Preakness, St George. Fifty bucks.
7: I hope he I hope he, he lands. He's a very talented producer. He should he land is. on his feet. great guy. Yeah, a great guy.
2: Wow. Well, Dave, good luck tomorrow. I hope you cash a big ticket.
7: <laughs> I hope you do, too. And uh, let's talk before the Belmont.
2: We'll do it. Thanks a lot, right, so
7: uh, uh, Neil, say hi to George and t- uh, give him my best. I'm, I'm, I'm shook up about this. I'll do it. All right.
2: Thanks, Dave. Take All care. Right. Okay, see, even Dave Johnson's uh, shook up because he and George com- uh, confabulated for, like I said, almost 20 years. Yeah. Barry Jackass writes, you know, Barry, I hate to tell you, I don't care about the Tom don't like us. I don't care about all these other marginal people you keep wasting my email space about. Mark Hockman is the creative force behind the Dan LeBastard Show, he writes. He's the best radio producer in South Florida and is a big fan of your show. You know what my comment to that is?
8: Hmm.
2: And, and, so, and, he's a big fan of your show. So are a lot of people in the business. Right. So what does that prove? You know know Mark Hockman, right? Yes, I do. I'm going to be doing a Joyce, by the way, during the break, so if I don't get back on time, just so you know. Okay. In fact, let me play it now.
1: Pontiac, we're going out of business. I,
2: I have bad feelings about that whole thing. I like that little solstice that's downstairs in the uh, garage. Yeah. And I like my, cut um, let's see, no, the Cutlass was an automobile. Pontiac um, Grand Prix. I had a nice Grand Prix a long time ago, 100 years ago. Pontiac made a fine car. There was nothing wrong with Pontiac, right? Sure, yeah. I don't think I, I've... No, I never owned one,
4: but I've really? had friends that had Trans Ams and stuff like that, and they liked them.
2: Yeah, what's What's not to like? I mean, it's no Mustang, thank God, like yeah. that, you know. Although, once you've driven a Corvette, once you start driving Corvettes, you don't want to drive anything else. Really? That, that's me. I mean, I'm just speaking for myself. Once you, I've driven Corvettes for 22 years. Wow. And I'm just spoiled. I just love them, man. There's nothing like having that power under your foot and smooth ride. It's like having a, a fe- really super-fast Cadillac. Mark Hockman is the creative force behind the Dan LaBastard Show. True. So Dave Johnson likes Rachel Alexandra, and for a second he picked Freeze and Fire. And for third, he picked the big drama. Save the drama for your mama. Oh, not yours. Oh, Neil. Yes, it's Friday, you bastard. <sighs> oh, yeah. 16 at 560 WQAM, so Dave Johnson was on with us again, and we'll be talking today before the Belmont in a couple of weeks, three weeks. Don't you find that annoying that they have two weeks between the Derby and the Preakness, and then three weeks between the Preakness and the Belmont? Yeah, so why I'm... is that? Well, that's because they figure, you know, thoroughbreds are so fragile, they don't want to run them, like, too often, too close together, the big races. Yeah. Thoroughbreds are like China dolls. If you look at them cross-eyed, they fall down and, like, die, you know. <laughs> I think Rachel Alexander will absolutely demolish the field tomorrow because I think that, as usual, it's a very mediocre crop of three-year-old uh, males. That's what I'm thinking. Although mine, that turd, might be just as good as we saw in that race. Who the hell knows? Dave was legitimately really uh, shaken when I told him about George. He sure was. He was uh, shaken and quaking, And so are we, of course, but what the hell, you know. Andre says... F. Joe Bell, go to hell. We're going to miss you, George. Uncle Neil, damn, it's a sad week. I've been listening for about six years. When I started driving at work, my Uncle Charlie's been listening for about 15-plus years. When I heard the both of you, it was great. I was hooked. The chemistry you and George had with all the swill you dealt with, with these idiotic callers, is absolutely incredible. Incredible. The product that you and George delivered to the public on an everyday basis is the best in the business. George is not replaceable. Flea, you have a tough job, young man. No doubt. That's what he says, young man. What happened this week is very sad and shows how professional these people you call management act like Fidel, Joe Bell, and do whatever they want to keep the regime alive and the good people down. comunistas. George, we will miss you, homie, and follow you wherever you go. Good luck. Always listening online at my desk, Andres, uh, a.k.a. Dre. P.S., what happened to the Mickey Bits, no mo. I love the Mickey Bits. You do? Yeah. I'm tired of the Mickey Bits. I'll just play... Eisner! That That's enough for right now. <laughs> They got old, man. Yeah. They got old. There's only a limited number of them, just a few. Unlike the Chris Matthews bits, which you can never hear too much. Here's Go a ahead. cute one. Here's a cute one. It says, Clarence seems to be spending a lot of time at the doctor's. Is he okay? I'm very worried about his health. Ha, <laughs> 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 oh. That's cute. Didn't you say Clarence was at the doctor today? Yes. Maybe he's pregnant. <laughs> It could be, because I told him a long time ago to go himself, and maybe he did, and maybe it worked. We can only um, hope. We can only hope Clarence is pregling. Wouldn't that be something? Documentary film goes after closeted gay politicians, makes claims about Charlie Chris, as if we don't know this. But nevertheless, this is uh, interesting. The new documentary film that hits the big screen in South Florida Friday, meaning today exposes what the director sees as a significant menace to gays and lesbians, one that leads to discrimination, even death. The culprit, according to the director, closeted gay politicians, so worried about their careers they act in ways that hurt the very people who share their sexual orientation. Hmm. It's a provocative theory, and director Kirby Dick amasses evidence, as well as a dose of supposition video clips and liberal usage of dramatic music to convince viewers. I haven't seen it yet. No. Outrage. I hope that it helps to advance the cause of gay rights in the country because I think gay rights struggle is the most important human rights issue in the country at this time, Dick said in the telephone interview this week. I hope it leads to the demise of the closet. The worst villains in the firm in the film? Republicans. Hmm. Dick said he focused heavily on Republicans because of that party's decision to vilify millions of gay and lesbian citizens in order to increase their power. He also said the phenomenon of closeted gay officials voting against gay people isn't as prevalent in the Democratic Party. The 90-minute movie, which is now rated, opened a week ago in California, New York, Philadelphia, and Washington, D.C., and um, begins, runs in Fort Lauderdale and Seattle today. For Floridians, the most sensational element of the film is its focus on Governor Charlie Crist, gay, who announced this week he's seeking the Republican nomination for U.S. Senate next year. The film gives the impression that Crist is a closeted gay politician, which he is, despite inclusion of the governor's denial that he's gay. Dick doesn't offer proof. Rather, the film relies heavily on statements of people including two are shown only in dramatic silhouette who say they heard claims of two men who supposedly had relationships with Chris. Hey, Charlie. You fairy. By juxtap- juxtaposing video dates other information, it implies Chris' desire to get selected as John McCain's vice presidential candidate in 2008 influenced his decision to announce his engagement and get married last year. No kidding. It also offers criticism of the mainstream news media for ignoring what the filmmaker regards as important news about Chris that most mainstream news organizations would require much more proof what, uh, than what Dick offers. Does you hear them coming to get me out there? They're coming to get Governor Crist. Hey, Charlie. Yay. Dick defended his sourcing on Crist. It's hard to be 100% certain, obviously, in these situations. Not only these people shown in the film, but we did a fair amount of research over a good period of time, and there were additional off-the-record sources as well and were, uh, who were helping to confirm this. Dick said he decided to make Christ a central focus after the governor came out in favor of last year's amendment that added to the state's existing law banning gay marriage to the Florida Constitution. If he'd come out opposing it, I think a strong case could be made that this amendment would have been defeated, he said. Ron Mills of Fort Lauderdale, a Democratic congressman, area leader for the Broward Democratic Party and campaign director of the Florida Gay, Lesbian, Bisexual, Transgender Democratic Cau- Caucus, Transgender, said the film put too much Charlie Christ in there. I think it's just because of where he's at in his career, Mill said. It was too heavy on Charlie Crist, especially at the end. It's almost like they know where he is, a rising star, so let's go shoot him down. Hmm. Dick said the release schedule was set weeks ago. It's simply coincidence the film opens in Fort Lauderdale. Three days after Crist announced his Senate candidacy, the film is in no way meant to impact Crist's Senate campaign, he said. Aaron Isaac, the governor's communication director, said she'd read about the film, had no comment. She did say she looked at the governor and went, You fairy." Chris, Republican primary opponent Marco Rubio, said he didn't know anything about the movie and doesn't want to. That's all disgusting stuff, man. I'm not into that kind of politics at all. I don't even want to talk about it. I don't want to hear about it. I don't want anything to do with that stuff. I think it has no place in political discourse, Rubio said. I'm not into that. That Hmm. stuff has no place in American political discourse. None whatsoever. None. Although he did look over his shoulder and go "You fair like that. (laughs) <laughs> Mills, the Democrat, and Benjamin Lewis of Fort Lauderdale, the Republican committee man and vice president of law cabinet Republicans of Broward, watched an advanced copy of the movie this week at the Sun-Sentinel's invitation. Both said they didn't learn anything new. Overall, it's nothing I haven't heard before. It seemed to be a conglomeration of years of brief newscasts put into one film. Would I pay to see it? There's no way, Lewis said. It's nothing more than a rerun. It's like watching the Golden Girls for the 30th time and getting the same episode over and over and over again. Well, now that B. Arthur's dead, maybe uh, Governor Chris could be one of the Golden Girls. What do you think? He's already gray enough. Hey, Charlie. You fairy. Dick said the general public feels differently. If you're in politics and you follow politics very closely, you may know a lot of the politicians I report about, he said, but the vast majority of people who see the film feel it revelatory. Revelatory. Revealing. Why couldn't he just say revealing? They're not aware that these politicians are closeted and are voting against, uh, et cetera, and they're not even aware of the systemic damage the closet does. Dick, 56, is married straight father of two, outrages his nine feature-length documentary. His twist of faith about sexual abuse by members of the clergy was nominated for an Academy Award. How do you like that? Wow. Kirby Dick. (laughs) How's the market doing today? Have you taken a puke at it? It's been up and down. I don't care. I don't care. It's just a rhetorical question. Okay. Here comes the bunny and there goes your money. That's all I can say. How's the poll coming with George? 409 votes on the poll. Boy, a lot of votes and a lot of emails on there. Oh, my God. Barry Jackass. You know, Barry, you're just, you're annoying. You're really annoying. The fake one. Whoever this is. What's your take on George getting fired? I'm pissed off. 163. I'm not happy about it. 104. Joe Bell is the Antichrist. El Antichristo. 72. Good riddance. 42. I don't care. 28. 409 votes. Overwhelming. They're pissed off and fired up. Oh,
5: Neil. You're listening to Neil
2: Rogers. Even Dave Johnson's foaming at the mouth.
0: It's Fatwa Friday, you bastard.
9: (laughs) We're going out of business. My drunk friend sits on his barstool. Uh, am I Yeah. Am I more still driving to high now? Am I more still got a DUI now? Take a little trip, take a little trip, take a little trip to jail. Got to sell it quick, got to sell it quick. Need the money, somebody, man.
2: 7.30 at 5.60, WQAM. Pete De Chronic says, to play spots by George, WQM blows, and Josh Darrow is the Antichrist. Wait, I thought yeah. Joe Bell was the Antichrist. Well, there's a lot of Antichrists running around. Oh, okay. Fursky says, are they seriously going to still run spots that George did? That's just mean. No, it's not just mean. They just want the money. They don't care. I wonder if George is going to get the talent fee. What do you think? <laughs> no. No. That happens all the time in this business. People get canned, just like when Raniere got blown out at IOD. They were still playing spots with his voice for months. Yeah, I told them to change it yesterday, but... And what did they say? Well, it played. What? It played. So they said, "Uh, screw you? Pretty much. I thought you had some clout in that place. Nah, it's uh, dwindling as we speak. That's because you're on this show. That's because you're associated with me. Yes. Anybody associated with me in that building is immediately on the Schmidt list. Here's one with a phone number. It said, then they sent me this I don't know how many times, and I usually don't read the ones with just a phone number. Make up a phony name, okay? Neil, I'm sorry to hear about George. He's a good person and talent in his own right. It seems the good people always get Schmidt on. That's correct. The good people are the ones that get screwed over. They get the shiv in the back. Oh, here's a cute one. Don McNuff. You screwed George Riley, you Jew bastard. Yeah, I did it. That's right. I did it. Moron. Simpleton. Imbecile. Ass clown. Jeff and Kendall says, according to allracing.com, allhorseracing.com, in the 2007 facing Tiptonaga, Kentucky October yearling sale, uh, Dave Cody bought mine, that bird, for 9500 bucks. Yeah, that's what Dave Johnson was talking about, bargain basement. That's what he was trying to allude to. So, no, they did not buy the horse at Walmart. I don't think they even sell horse- horses at Walmart, he says. And then he says, ha, ha, <laughs> like that, Jeff and Kendall. Dave was just alluding to the fact that it was a very cheap purchase and won the Kentucky Derby. That's what he was saying. Got it? Yes. Here's one from Alejandro says I think you should let Flea play his favorite bits. How are you going to play your favorite bits? You have no computer there. No. Monday. Now, have they moved the DCS down to the other building? They're going to, yes. They're going to? Yes. Oh. You better not walk in there on Monday morning just holding your in your hands. You know what I mean? It's possible. Rob from iJammyBeat says, are, So was it really Jolly Joe's call to fire Georgia or are there higher up muckety-mucks making the decisions to squeeze Uncle Neil? Neil? They're making a decision. Who the hell knows? What do you think? Do you think it was a corporate decision or Jolly
4: Joe? I think it was a combination. Mm-hmm. I think corporate said you need to cut X amount of dollars
2: and he took it from there. The fake Joey Reynolds says, Bill Marshall told me you lost your sidekick producer, George. I will put a good word out to Steve Lappa at 850 WFTL. My WOR show runs from midnight till 5 a.m. Oh, God. Steve Lappa. Joyce Kaufman may be looking for a a flunky producer sidekick. Does George have any technical skills? Yes. Does he have a good client guest list? I'm sure he does. The fake Joey Reynolds. Oh. Well, if George's future relies on the fake this one and the fake that one, uh, we got real service here, George. (laughs) Yeah. We got real problems. Fake jobs from fake people about fake stations like WFTL, Steve Lappa. I mean, Steve Lappa is as far from the radio business as almost anyone I can think of other than Beasley's. Tracy and Kendall says, I'd like to express my sadness regarding George's firing. It wasn't a surprise due to the build-up this week, but it was such a letdown to face the reality of this travesty yesterday. I've been listening to you since the WYOD days, and this change has created an awkward void for me. As much of a neely as I am, I consider this a day-by-day probationary period. I'm not sure if I'm going to remain a listener or not. Oh, boy. George's firing even made dinner conversation last night, like we were discussing a family friend. And weren't we? Friends entertain, enlighten, and then they are there for you when you need them, just as George was. Upon hearing the news, my husband's first response was, they're trying to get Neil to quit. Uncle Neil, whatever happens, don't quit or retire. Stay there until that station crumbles around you. Thank you, George, for everything you'll be dearly missed. Tracy and Kendall. Well, isn't that something? Tracy says, don't quit, whatever happens. But then on the other hand, she says, she doesn't know whether she'll be listening or not. Sounds like a real backhanded, lukewarm endorsement to me, Tracy, of all people. Wow. That is shocking, isn't it? A little bit. It's like a slap in my ugly puss. Diana says, I have to say that after listening to the show yesterday, it is eminently clear what you've always claimed about the South Florida audience. They are simpletons who only like to complain and critique. That is correct. Joe Bell fits right in. It's very easy to sit on the side of the radio and ask that both you and Flea make sacrifices on your personal lives and income in order to show support for George. Yeah, I think you ought to take every dime they're paying you, Flea, and they'll give it to George. It's less he than he was now. making before. What? It's less than what he was making before. The best support you can give him is to continue to produce a quality show and bring to our attention the atrocious behavior of companies, such as the one that employs you. Endangering your livelihood is irresponsible, and I'm certain you can't afford it. That's correct. Who can in these times? George knows there is nothing no anyone could have done to safeguard his job. This was well-planned and executed by Joe Bell, that coward. Worse than a coward, he has displayed no business acumen and certainly no common sense. It doesn't take a genius to understand the Neil Rogers Show is the cash cow of QAM. I'm certain that any good executive would find other ways to trim the fat in that station and keep the one thing that brings them money running. Another display of poor management by Joe Bell is allowing his personal feelings about somebody disrupt his business priorities. He's a jackass. Thank you for the great entertainment. Please keep it up. There's a special hell awaiting, special place in hell awaiting that monkey called Joe Bell, says Diana. Well, at least Diana's going to keep listening, unlike Tracy, who's not sure. Tracy, I'm I'm just wounded. I'm I'm bleeding. I feel like Jesus. My hands are bleeding. Even my rectum is bleeding. I'm any any minute I may start that oozing Joe Bell diarrhea. Has he got it yet or what? One can only pray. One can only hope. I do have in the other room something somebody sent me. I think uh, Chicken X sent it to me. It's a voodoo doll. Ooh. And so I'm going to name it the Joe Bell voodoo doll. I'm going to stick pins in it all weekend voodoo doll, so that maybe that oozing, nasty, unstoppable, bloody diarrhea could start in Joe Bell's fat rectum. Genuine Antique Person says, love your show. Your topics are sometimes off the wall. You hear the sirens coming again to get Jolly Joe for that bloody diarrhea? I'm worried about his health, to be honest with you. Sure. Your topics are sometimes off the wall, entertaining, but most of all, I'm really entertained by the level of stupidity in emails and comments you receive from some of the listeners. I sit here and shake my head and wonder how some of these people made it through life. Sorry to hear about George, but that's the radio business. There used to be a thing called job security, but that doesn't exist anymore. That's correct. Huh. It's a thing of the past. I'm sure George will pick himself up, dust himself off, and move on to better things. Good luck to Flee in his new job. He has big shoes to fill. Regards somebody. With no name. Regards genuine antique person. I mean, can't people, like, even make up a name? Wouldn't that be good? Like like Oishmoy Jew or yeah. Jaime Schmendrick or, or something like that. If you don't have a name, just make one up. Oh, Neil.
5: You're listening to Neil I Rogers. Well, here we go again.
0: It's Friday, you bastard. Free down
5: shout. where the mudwumps go to hang from trees and play banjo? You got some who owned a station on newfangled radio. Oh. Now as North Carolina grows. Jolly's a big city, you know, and that's where the Beasleys had to go for Jolly Riley Joe. Oh, my God. A
3: new GM, he'll do what he can.
5: Shake your hand like a friend, then quickly walk away. They had Joe go to 560 with ratings and a toilet bowl to get those. Flaming, sport, homo's in an order and control And then so Jolly Rolly Joe A bucular and in the know He lets mo go And here's what blows Gives Geldy his own show ow, 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 ow. He'll make a big change ow. And rearrange it's, it's worse or the same He hasn't done a thing For what goes on the air at two? Joe don't have a stinking clue about a format that essentially blows sport hole radio. Oi, the GM of 560, Jolly Raleigh
2: Joe. 16 till noon at 560 WQM. Boy, they show us sure zooming right along, ain't it? Zooming. Is it? Yeah, not bad. Already had our call with Dave Johnson. It was like an out of body experience. He seems like a great guy. He is a good guy. We've been we've been doing those shows, The, the shows. They're not shows, but I mean those uh, phoners for forever. This has got to be the twelfth year on this station, and several years in IOD. It's got to be at least twenty years that we've been confabulating before the Triple Crown races on the, on the uh, air. Twenty years, like a lifetime. A concerned Julio and Kendall says, I'm going to listen more now that George got Schmidt can. Really going to miss that thrilling roller skating talk, though. <laughs> A little shot. A little bit. Beast or quarter should be your sidekick, not flea. shot at you, Damn. too. Wow, just like that. A concerned Julio and Kendall, yeah. Stephen Deerfield says, I heard you talking last week about maybe updating your website. George said it was fine. Sorry, but it sucks. It's hard to read with all the long-scrolling pictures, way outdated, have been up there forever, and when George said it was fine, I knew what management meant about him. It sounds like he was lazy. George had nothing to do with the website. That's not his job. It never was and never would have been. Eric is the one who said he was going to, like, uh, rediddle it and get rid of a lot of the old crap on there. That's when he moves the thing over to another machine, which I don't know when that's going to be. It should be my biggest problem, the website. It says, unless they laid off other people, which they, I mean, this this guy, is he like out of touch with reality on his station? Unless they laid off other people, saving 70K wasn't the real reason he got fired. He just plain sucked. Sorry, I think your friendship with him may have clouded your judgment on his talent or lack thereof. Wow. I love your show, loyal everyday listener since 92, Stephen Deerfield Beach. Well, there's like a real backhanded, who knows yeah. what he's saying.
4: Well, A, George did not suck, and B, there's a laundry list of people that are no longer here.
2: That That's right. So his, the cutting his salary was just one of many, 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 including the late Ken Malden who died shortly thereafter. But other than that, Steve, Steve is obviously an expert on the stuff that's going on here. Not sure. totally out of touch. 478 votes on the poll. Here's one with a phone number. Oh, isn't this cute? Forget about George for a minute. Can you spot me a couple of bucks? I'm going to jam Mrs. (laughs) Rodriguez. Isn't that cute? Ah ha, ha. Mm. Oh, ho, ho, ho. Ass clowns. So many of them in so little time. So many goofballs. Here's one with a phone number. Want to know what type of show Fleabag is going to have when Neil is out? I better not hear a word about sports. 10 a.m. to 2 p.m. Must. Must something. I don't know what that means. It just ended. Just trailed off. 10 a.m. to 2 p.m. Must. Must, I guess, have no sports. I guess. You're not going to be doing sports, are you?
4: No, not really, no.
2: How about those uh, Carolina Hurricanes, huh? Yeah, so they play who now? They play the uh, Penguins. Wow, that'll be good. And Detroit plays the Blackhawks. Ooh, that's a good matchup. Mulder says it's a shame that some sub-level poor excuse for a person such as Joe Bell can royally screw a good guy like George. Flea is doing a good job so far. I think he has a good radio voice. Just hope the show can survive. <laughs> good luck, guys, says Mulder. Just hope the show can survive. I think I'll survive. Now, I want to just find out from you, since you're the expert on these new ratings, on this new thing that we can't talk about. Okay. Now, is this going to be like a standalone month? In other words, it's not going to be li- like lumped in with the previous two trends? It'll be April. It'll just be the month of April? Correct. Not combined with February and March? No. Just April. Wow. Wow. And when's it coming out next week? Thursday. Oh, the pressure. Are you kidding me? Gary in Coconut Creek says, just an observation. When you asked Flea yesterday when if he knew anything about the rumors about you being on the chopping block next, he hesitated on his answer back to you. Like I said, just an observation, but usually when an answer is a little hesitant like Flea's was, I would be wary. Nothing personal against Flea. I think Jackass Joe must have been a supervisor for the post office at one time. I guess he didn't realize if he get rid of the employees at the station, he won't have a job himself. Wouldn't that be great? What a jackass is Gary in Coconut Creek. Jackass. That's certainly better than some of the words that what's-his-name from FSU called him. Yeah. Did that really happen? Was there really an exchange of emails, of hostile, angry emails? I guess so. Why?
4: I don't know. I would think that Joe would have, uh, you know, more things to take care of than worrying yeah, about this kid. What that, do you think? The
2: GM of a major market of three major market radio stations, especially when we're in the middle of the move to down the street, right? Would have more important and pressing things to do than, than getting into a ping contest with uh, anonymous listeners out there with silly emails. Yeah, college kid at that. Yeah, college kid. I- Ned in Miami Beach says, glad to see that since George is gone, you've gone back to doing full-time interviews every day. Oh yeah. <laughs> I like the horse guy every Friday. The show is much better and more interesting when you have guests on. I look forward to hearing interviews every day. Well, guess what, Ned? You won't. Well, you won't. You'll hear Dave Johnson three times a year before the Derby Preakness and the Belmont. And that's it. That's the only guest we have on this show. Period. I look forward to hearing interviews. If you want to hear boring interviews, tune in to all the sports shows. You'll hear all the interviews you want. Mm. With all the same people over and over and over
4: again. Ira. <laughs>
2: Are you knocking Ira Windbag now? You better watch yourself. A little bit. He's uh, seriously favored with the inside management people here. I guess so. He's on every show except for this one. He's on every show every day except this damn show, and he was threatening to be on this show. Steven Jersey says, Sorry to hear about George. You guys made a unique, unique team for many years. George was always reserved when with you and on fire when hosting by himself. We will miss him. As to those pinheads running around with their heads cut off, either threatening to stop listening or accusing you, they obviously don't know what times we live in. I got whacked from a company with twenty-five years under my belt. Did a hell of a job. They reorganized the company. Bye-bye. Don't let the door hit you, etc. Welcome to the club, George. It's big and getting bigger every day. Have light flea, but not at George's expense. we Will continue to listen on the net. Now ordering the McDouble. Still holding the cheese. Good luck, George. <laughs> Stephen Jersey. He hold, he orders the double cheeseburger with no cheese to save a couple of cents. And he's out. He's out of work, so I can understand that. Sure. I still don't like it, but I can understand it. Talk about.
3: Spare some change, mister?
2: Yeah, I'd rather have extra cheese. Yeah, me too. Double cheeseburger hold the cheese. I mean, what what is that? That's like spaghetti and meatballs hold the balls? I mean, I, I don't get that. <laughs> Here's one, says, Neil, just tuned in and heard George was fired. What was the reason he was let go? Money. Money, honey. Uh, as a listener in Georgia, former Miami listener, I'm not happy about this. George was always very nice to me when I called in. Tell him to keep his head up and keep us informed. Thanks, Neil. George is nice to everybody. Yeah, that's right. He's a good guy. People like him. And people are going to miss him. They already miss him badly, and so do I. But nevertheless, I'm getting paid to show up here every day and do the best I can under usually impossible circumstances. At least that hasn't changed. One thing about this outfit, man, this current regime, they sure don't make it any easier for you. They throw as many roadblocks in your way as they possibly can. And they're good at it. It's about the only thing they're good at. Michael says, the same people always take the blame for the screw of management. It's like newspapers. A lot are in trouble because of the economy, but a lot have problems because of the takeovers, uh, takeovers of a few years ago that burned a lot of these people with huge debt. a bada beat bada-boop, whatever that means. Clear Channel. Scott and Pinellas Park says, do not quit. If they fire you, they have to pay your whole contract. That's right. I'd start by using the good words such as Oh, I see. Ass blank, douche blank, and GD. Oh, sure. I know you had that non-compete from W.I.O.D. when you got effed over by Buddy Bud. Looks like his quote of six months from now, people will be saying, Neil who? Blew up in his face. Boy, Grego really did well, didn't he? Yeah. Give that ass clown Joe Bell and the D-bag Joyce. See, that's all I got to do is start giving them an excuse to fire me, and I'll be gone in two minutes. Above all, it says dump Norma Kent. Yeah, go on the air and start this, blurting out a few banned words. Yeah, that's good. Jimmy says that Steve is a DB. Now, they, now they're calling each other names. <laughs> Here's Tyson, who's a real idiot. Why are the Panthers not bringing back Denise Potvan? Geldy sucks. Bring back the Rimmeister. Can you say, for old time's sake, Whitney has a pair? Oh, boy. Yeah,
4: the Panthers fired somebody, too, one of their announcers.
2: Denise Potfan. Yeah. Dumb frog. Long overdue. He added nothing. All he did was talk. Papa Boy, Rimmer hated him like poison, and still does. Bop, 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 bop. never shuts up and never says anything. He has no insight to the broadcast. Just a real lummox. Another dumb ex-jock, Denise Potvin. Won't hear him now. And, of course, there's another uh, cost-cutting move, whatever I just said, even though they denied it. Well, if it wasn't, wouldn't they replace him with someone? Right, that's that's Correct. Well, they did replace him with Bill Lindsay, but he's just moving over from the radio booth, so they're cutting from four people down to three. Right. That means Mueller will be by himself. That'll be great. Oh, yeah, Randy Moeller. Oh, hop shelf where uh, Grandma kept the cookies. The idea of him stealing lines from Rick Jenneret and Mike Lang is so obnoxious and so disgusting. Only in South Florida could some clown get away with that and then be complimented for it. By those jerks across the street. Oh, we're giving them all these great lines. Great broadcasters don't need the audience to give them lines and uh, drop-ins and stuff. Sayings. Can you even begin to imagine? No. The great broadcasters like Bob Prince, etc.
4: Like if someone gave uh, Harry Carey, Holy Cow?
2: Oh, yeah. Or Bob Prince, Kiss It Goodbye. Bob Prince was the greatest baseball announcer by so far. I mean, he was so great. Remember Bob Prince? No, you don't. No. Never heard. Now, where, where did you, you? Oh, you grew up in Tampa. You wouldn't have heard KDKA. No. At night. It's one thing about living in Florida. See, that's, that's one of the sad things about people who lived in Florida. Most of them, unless they're transplanted northern or midwesterners, they never really heard the great radio stations. 77, WABC, you know those, WLS, CKLW, KMOX St. Louis, all of those. KDKA in Pittsburgh, WBZ in Boston, WWVA in Wheeling, West Virginia, which wasn't a great radio station, but they they were on the Pirates' baseball radio network. So on nights when KDKA wasn't coming in real great, you turn over to 1170, there was WWVA. Whole different era, man, when radio really was something. It's something today, but it's a word we can't say on the air
5: listening to Neil Rogers. Yeah, just sitting around the house with not much to do. I got Neil Rogers on the radio, and, uh... Hey, what do you know there? It's at a, uh, what do you call it there? Twelve to one hour. Excuse me, sir. Uh. I'm with 560 WQAM. Uh, We'd like to know, are you a sport hole? Yeah, damn right I am. What's your opinion? I mean... What's your take on the recent changes at WQAM? Well, I'm glad that old fag is gone, because I want to hear sports all day, you know, just real men talking all day about men. Now, I know they got that Cuban feller he's filling in, but he talks too much about women, you know. He's a straight guy. But I want to hear other men ogle other men's firm butts and tight loins and... Well, that's what sports is all about, buddy. Give me all sports radio Where they ogle men all day Give me all sports radio I grab myself when I hear sports holes say Look how fast he can run Look how fast he can jump That's the kind of man I'd Flat to home, give me all sports radio for the manly man uh, who likes men.
2: Okay, 1201 at 560. Oh, you know what I forgot to mention? What's that?
1: Pontiac, we're going out of business. I think it's
2: it's a sad day for America, man. I'm not saying that Pontiac was my favorite car, and I never would have bought a Trans Am or anything other than a Corvette, which is still a GM car, you know, even though it's made in Bowling Green. But nevertheless, Pontiac was a damn good car. Yeah. It was, if you ask me... Rock solid. Yeah. Buick wasn't a bad car either. They still make that. I told you the other day about my Buick Skyhawk. Yeah. Did you ever hear that? No, but my dad had a Skylark. No, this was a Skyhawk. Little car. Really neat, man. It was great. Looked, Looked good. Drove good, good on gas.
4: I remember my grandfather had a uh, Chevy, like a uh, Bel Air, that had a uh, the column shifter on it. That car was awesome. A
2: column shifter?
4: Yeah, where you actually shifted gears, but it was like connected to the steering wheel. Really? Yeah, it was a cool car.
2: What year was that? 18 what? Ooh, it was old, 60 something maybe. Say what you will, man, but GM always made a good car.
4: I, I thought. Yeah, I used to have a uh, Chevy Camaro,
2: 79 Camaro. I think it was awesome. I had two Camaros. But being a lot older than you, I had a '67 and a '69 Camaro. Ooh, now you're talking. '67 Camaro convertible with a blue top, white with a blue top.
4: Yeah, that I had a million maroon. miles
2: on that car. That was a great car. And back in the day in Detroit, in the late '60s, gas was like 33 cents a gallon. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And they used to have gas wars. I remember there one time they had a gas war. It was a dime a gallon. They had cars lined up from here to like Aliquippa. The cars lined up from Kalamazoo to Ishpeming, Michigan. I wonder where the hell Ishpeming is. I always used to talk about it because yeah, I, I love the name. Ishpeming, Michigan. Michigan's a good state. You ever been there? I've been through it, yeah. Kalamazoo is a great college town. Good food. Nice people. Sturgis. I was the Marco Polo of all the small markets, man. Albion, Marshall, Sturgis. Worked in Hillsdale for three days.
4: I have a friend who's at Chippewa. I don't know where that is. That's uh, Eastern Michigan,
2: I believe. Is that in the UP or in the thumb? Not sure. That's my message to Joe Bell. Stick the uh, thumb UP your ass. Don says it's amazing how the radio business destroys people. Seen Defoe lately? He looks awful, weighs about 300 pounds. And what? carts around a cheap board himself doing radio shows with nobody listening. <laughs> oh, 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 sad, sad, sad. Defoe ballooned up to 300 pounds. How can he afford to do it with the money they must be paying him for his oh, point oh.
4: share? Oh, oh. He's eating well, I guess. What is it? He's eating well. Maybe they're paying him in food instead of dollars.
2: Yeah, that, that could be it. Maybe he's got a uh, trade out for life.
4: And he's probably That's boozing the it up, too. This
2: business free food, man. If you're in radio and you're not getting free food, you might as well forget it. it. Says, I hope George sues their ass and finds something better. Your show rules with or without George. Ha, 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 says Don. Ha, 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 Don. Whatever that means. <laughs> yeah, ha, ha, ha. You know, whoever it was that the woman that wrote about the uh, emailers, boy. She had her thumb and her fingernail right on it. Guess where I'm going at 2 o'clock, by the way. Woodbine. Yeah. Not to be I went confused last with woodbine. last night to plunge my uh, frustrations out with all the stuff that's going on all week. And I did good. I, I got a good machine man. Nice. It just kept paying and paying. Nothing big, but it just kept paying. And you know something? After a while, it adds up. Why don't you send that money to George, Neil? Yeah, I'm going to send George all the <laughs> money I make. How's that? When my check comes, I'm going to sign it over to him. I'm going to call Social Security today, and i tell him to uh, send my Social Security checks right to him. Did I mention <laughs> this week that I got my check right on time Wednesday? That's good. Second Wednesday of every month, and I looked Wednesday morning, and there it was right in there. And then George got canned that day. And according should to... You send him that money. According to Clarence, you get your uh, bonus check today. According to Clarence. Yeah, I haven't gotten any confirmation yet whether it showed up yet. It's too early. Right. But around 1, one o'clock or, or thereabouts, I'll get a message from down there, a message from Garcia, and it'll say, oh, your uh, bonus check showed up. It's in the bank. Or not. If not, going to be some real action at Jackson. I'll tell you that. Well, I can't believe that Jackson Harness Raceway is closed. That's so sad. That was right near Jackson State Prison in Michigan. Okay. And believe me, a lot of those drivers, they belonged in there. Gerald Banfield and Clarence Ayotte and Raymond Fuller and Glenn Quick. Let's do some harness racing trivia. Canis Masmacho, Sandy Fisher or Harold Fisher? I've asked that a million times. wonder how Wally Hennessy's doing. How's it going, Wally, eh? He used to listen to the show, Wally. I don't know if he still does anymore. I don't know if any of those people at Pompano's, maybe they can't afford a radio anymore. Since the Ala la Capri screwed them over so bad, and boy, did they ever. Wow. How come other places they do things right, and in Florida everything they do is half-assed? Why, why is that? I don't know. Couldn't they take a look at the way they do it at Woodbine or the way they do it at Dover Downs in Delaware and they all the money that comes in from the slots and increases the purses and the quality of the racing is great and the money is there? Why couldn't they do that? Because it's Florida. We can't do anything right in Florida. Everything we do is screwed up. And you want to know why? Because everybody in Florida, all the politicians, they're experts. You pick the topic, they're experts. Like my cab guy says, everybody's an expert. Like the drivers here in Toronto, man. They're all experts. The worst. You want to cry? Try driving here with all these Chinese men. No speaking English. How can you How can you read the traffic uh, information when you can't speak English?
4: Yeah. How do they get a license?
2: Thank God there's nobody in Dade County like that. No. No speaking Incredible. English. The fake dog says, I just wanted to give George a vote of confidence. Every time I got fired or quit, I ended up better. But when you're at the top, question mark? He says, I got a jackass boss who doesn't want to pay anyone. I'm ready to explode. For old time's sake, here's a few Georgie lines. Just this morning, just last night, just today, says the fake Doug. Yeah, we got one like that just this morning. Yeah, George always said that just this morning. Yep. He's already missed. Big time. You're missed, George. My kishkis are killing me. George says, please don't mention my name with this. Uh Uh Uh-oh, too late. Well, then maybe I better not read the rest of it. Well, I didn't mention his last name. It says, info only, don't mention my name. Big meeting Wednesday the 13th concerning the... Now, how are we supposed to refer? We can't say PP. I mean, we can say PP, but we can't say the other... How are we supposed to refer to the new rating methodology? I don't know. Big meeting Wednesday the 13th concerning the beep was held at the Clear Channel in Miramar. Right. Can't copy and paste it, but check out, and it's got a link. Beasley was a sponsor, it says. Yeah. Were you involved in that meeting? I was not. Were you aware of it? I was. It wasn't
4: just Beasley, though. It was like all the clusters got together to inform. All the clusters? Yeah, and they're clusters, all right. They all got together to inform the buyers on how the new system was going to affect them, and they did it at the Clear Channel uh, auditorium there, and you know why they did it there? Why? Because they didn't want to pay to do it anywhere else. So they did it for a bunch of bastards. Right, they did it for free at the uh, Clear Channel building there in Miramar.
2: For free, you're doing the show for free. They had the big meeting for free. Everything they want for free. Hey Neil, what do you think? You want to do the rest of the, the rest of the four and a half years on your contract for free? No. no. Greg Budell, I'm convinced this is the real one because nobody else in the world cares about this loser says i'm very happy in montgomery have no plans of coming back to the cesspool of south florida how do you like that Mm. the cesspool of south florida what an ungrateful bastard you are greg next thing you know i'd be calling it the cesspool it is it's an outdoor septic tank the folks at blue water broadcasting have been very supportive and the listeners are very nice which is a breath of fresh air coming from south florida thank you for keeping my name alive give my regards to joe bell and bob mckay Hey, Joe Bell and Bob McKay. Greg Budell sends his regards. Any interest? No. Anybody care? No. Anybody want to hear from him? Uh, no. Ever again? No. Just go away, Greg. Thanks for keeping my name alive. All these people that want to use this show and use me. I'm mm-hmm. the conduit. Remember Gary Condit? I'm the conduit. <laughs> Through me. They use me to keep their names alive. But you notice there's some, some uh, misfits out there, some radio uh, drivel, who I don't mention anymore. I never will again. Let me just remind you, I'll remind you of that before the show tomorrow. Okay. Well, not, not that you need any instruction, but nevertheless. And tomorrow, Saturday. I mean, like Monday. Oh, maybe, maybe tomorrow before the show. <laughs> <laughs> See, today it doesn't feel like Friday. You want to know why? Because if they were going to fire George or anybody else, it should have been on a Friday, not on a Wednesday. Hmm. You don't agree with that? I totally agree why with that. Why would you fire somebody in the middle of a week? What, what kind of horseball? What, what? What's the point in that? What did it accomplish? What did that accomplish? I don't know. Paul says, since your arrival, how many changes have there been to QM just on the air? How many worked? The biggest joke was Hank in the morning, then his release. Love you, and I'll follow you to a new home, says Paul. I'm not going to a new home. I'm showing up here every day, unless I get something better. If I had something better, let me, let me say this. If Monday morning I had Norma call them up and say, O'Neill's got an offer for 80 kazillion dollars at such and such a place, what would they say? Good luck. Mm-hmm. Now, why can't you answer that? See, you're, you're hemming and hawing again, just like that one faxer said you are. No, what would they say? Do they, do they want me to show up here every day or what? You know. I think they do. Or would they like me to go away with my tail between my legs? I don't think so. Would they like me to skulk off into the distance and die a wicked, lonely death on the streets of Toronto? On the corner of Queen and... Whatever. Bay. A lot of homeless people lay down there on that corner. Queen and Bay seems to be a popular roosting spot for the homeless. There are so many homeless people here. It's just, I just don't get it. And there's one lady. She's over there by the world's biggest bookstore, by Edward Street here. And she's been there every day since I've been here. Every day. Except I don't think she works on the weekend, though. And I bet you she drives up in like a new Camry or something. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Hey, if things get tough, here's a little advice for you. And for George, too, okay? Homeless voice. Get a hold of Sean Canani, man. He's got a really good scam going. Spare some change, mister. Have a nice day, eh? Oh, It's Friday, you bastard.
1: Pontiac. We're going out of business.
6: Real American A-holes. Real American a you, Mr. I Steadfastly Refused to Convert from Analog to Digital Guy. Mr. I Steadfastly Refused to Convert from Analog to Digital Guy. Oh yeah, I remember you. You're the guy from the old neighborhood who had every Zeppelin album on a track What
1: a whole lot of love now.
6: And if I'm not mistaken... You're also the dope who was convinced that beta would outlast VHS and who thought video laser disc was great because you had to get up to flip it over at the same exact time you needed to take a leap. After February 17th, the only reception you'll be getting is on your CB radio. But you don't care. That just means more time to hone your skills at Asteroids.
1: Don't forget head-to-head football!
6: Yep. There you sit, with your can of tab, watching your 19-inch sanyo with the pliers where the channel changer used to be, refusing to budge, just like that idiot who wouldn't move off Mount St. Helens back in 1980. Ah! So we salute you, Mr. I steadfastly refuse to convert from analog to digital guy, your rotary phone, your avocado-colored Frigidaire, and your Datsun. You are a real American
2: A-Hole. Absolutely. 12.17 at 5.60 WQAM. Happy Friday to you. We're doing the best we can. It's still, there's still a Paul cast over the proceedings with George's uh, firing on Wednesday. Rick says this... Uh, wait a minute. Ron says you're supposed to fire people during the week so they can go out and start looking for a job the next day. Oh, did you ever hear that? No. It's less stressful than firing on Friday where they can't start to look for a couple of days. George has some leads already and likely not as stressed as he could be. If you missed the beginning of the show, we had George's report, and it sounds like he's doing okay. He said, spirits are high, and so am I. <laughs> Can't imagine what he means by that. No. Chris says, speaking of harness racing, oh, yeah, let's. Rosecroft Raceway, just outside Washington, D.C. in Fort Washington, Maryland, is temporarily closed for live racing while they try to make ends meet. And just recently, the state of Maryland banned them from having a thoroughbred simulcast signal because of a payment issue. The bottom line is that the thoroughbred tracks are trying to squeeze blood out of a rock, and they're shocked when nothing happens. Uh, and it says, Rosecroft Raceway was one of my favorite spots to plunge my guts out. Eddie Davis and Eddie Davis Jr. And here comes Wayne Smullen on the outside. He's still dead, by the way. Wayne Smullen. Mm-hmm. Remember him? No. What about Eddie Beeler? No. Not from Rosecroft. But anyway. Rick says, this is obviously a last-ditch effort to get you and your out and your show off the station. Since you surprised him by accepting the ridiculously low pay in your last contract. Yeah, I shocked him all right. Didn't I shock him, uh, uh, Flea, whatever your name is? Yes. Did I? No, I don't think so. I don't if know. this does,
4: what? I don't know.
2: Is it yes or is it no? It's, uh, I think maybe you shocked them a little bit. If this does break your contract, then by all means sue the Schmidt out of them and leave. I'm sure you wouldn't be out of work very long. Oh, yeah, here's another guy. He's very sure I wouldn't be out of work. Right. Sure. The offers are just pouring in. Rick, let me say this to you, Rick. There's no money out there. There is no money in this business. It's all dried up. It's all gone. Rick says, Joe Bell can kiss my ass. Mm-hmm. I'm so pissed off at him. I'm sorry, Neil, but the Arbitron books I have will not have WQM on it at all. It's just a small way I can protest this egregious situation. Well, we can't afford to have that happen, Rick. Yeah. We need your assistance, man. Why Why do we want to punish me because he hates Joe Bell? See, that. that's just... At any rate, do what, do what you think is right, Rick. Hope you sleep with a good conscience at night. Frank, who's been listening since '89, says the movie and play, uh, the play in the movie Amadeus about Mozart, Antonio Salieri, his colleague composer, who recognizes Mozart's true genius and is jealous to the point of obsession and who wants Mozart's gig as court composer, feigns friendship with Wolfgang to get close to him, and it's implied poisons him and rips off his last composition. Ah. No real historical basis, just a theory due to Mozart's sudden death. Last thing he said was "I'm dying over here," and that was it. Why did we get into this thing about Mozart? Oh, that's because Antonio Salieri. Somebody
4: mentioned. I don't know who that is. That lady, uh, when she sent that email ripping me, yeah, she said that that was that person and uh, George was Mozart.
2: Brutus, a to brute, use brute. No, I occasionally splice a little on when I'm down there. I have brute in my. Um, in my turlet. Kenny Gramer comes through for me and sends me some old pictures. 1977 Buick Skyhawk. The one on top. There's three pictures. The one on top, which I'm sure you folks are looking at right now. It's uh, similar but not close. Mine was like about an 80, 81. I don't know. Early 80s. Mine was red with white trim. Man, it was a neat little car. Buick Skyhawk. I think my favorite car of all time was my turquoise Corvette. I don't know what year it was. 89, 90, something like that. It's not really called turquoise, but it was like that kind of metallic greenish. Yeah. Remember they were making a lot of cars in that color back in the day? Yeah. Almost like a neon green. Beauty. Morrow says, oh, this is spazzing spaz, who usually used to be on MySpace, but nobody's on MySpace anymore. MySpace is dead as a doornail. I just proclaimed it. Yeah. I have nobody communicating with me on there anymore, and I mean nobody. Oh, and I haven't got to the fake uh, Rickshaw letter yet. Well, I sure got a lot of stuff here. The one thing about this whole deal, 80 billion emails this week, most of them from people foaming at the mouth. Where the hell's my Rickshaw email? Did you steal it? Maybe. It's in my pile here somewhere. I know it's not from the real Rickshaw because he would never... I don't think he would ever waste his time sending me an email on neil at neilrogers.com. He would MySpace me again like he did it last time with more instructions on how to do my show and how to <laughs> do this and how to live my life. And when you have too much time on your hands, Rick, you start living other people's lives. You know, it's like the retirees in South Florida. Let, let me take a look in your mail, see if you got anything good today. Spazzing Spaz says, Uncle Neil George's firing is a tragedy. Even though I only met him once, he was always, always reminded me of myself for his knowledge of pop cultural issues. He'll be missed by me and the rest of your Julio audience. P.S. Joe Bell can toss my salad. Ooh. How do you like that for a shot, Jolly Joe? Wow. He's going to start stalking you, Spazzing Spaz. You better watch it. He's the stalker. I still don't understand that whole thing with that Chris from FSU, what, what that was all about. I, I just... I don't get it. I guess, I guess
4: the just... C-word threw Joe Bell over the edge. Did it really? I think so.
2: See you next time? Yep. Wow. Well, what, what do you expect to be called at a time like this when he pulled a stunt like that? What do you expect to be called? A good guy? Hey, love and kisses, Joe. What well, what do you expect? Let me say one thing. If you're going to be... Oh, here's the rickshaw thing. Okay. If you're going to be a management, you have to understand that even if you're a good manager, a lot of people are going to hate you like poison. Am I right? Yep. Rick Shaw says this is definitely not the real Rick Shaw. In fact, it says Rick Shaw at LincolnFinancialMedia.com. Why would he be with Lincoln Financial? <laughs> right? Right. Doesn't that tell us where this is coming from? Yep. Neil, regarding the no more phones thing, I sent you an email which apparently you did not receive. Oh, yeah. It basically said, I'm a radio guy, and the goal is always to increase your audience. By cutting off the phone, you eliminate anybody with a cell phone and make email the only way to communicate with you. I think anybody with a cell phone has got access to a computer, wouldn't you? I would think so. I would hope so. no interaction between you and us. It's like reading emails from whoever. It's your show, and you'll do what you want. That's right. (laughs) But the loss of George is such testimony to what radio really is. It's an art form, and it's a business. And when the art form gets in the way of the business, the art form will always lose. Loose. See, hmm. Rickshaw wouldn't write loose. No. He knows how to spell lose. George Rodriguez is a producer is a better talk show host than most talk show hosts. And I'm being less than generous in that observation. Having listened to you almost as long as you've been on the air in South Florida, I've developed the opinion that George wasn't making a ton of money. Such are the fortunes of radio. 7% of the on ear air talent account for 39% of the salaries paid, and you're in there somewhere. Yes, I am. Yep. But George represents all the things anyone would ask of an employee. He's loyal. He's especially good at what he does. He's rarely sick. He has a unique on-air relationship with you that cannot be replaced. He's not an expert on anything, but knows a little about almost everything. He's the kind of talent you couldn't find on eBay or in a send me a tape so i can hear what you sound like scenario. I was truly stunned when the reality of his departure set in. It is sometimes hard to separate the real from the Neal, and when this whole thing came down, it hit me right smack dab in the middle of my ears. Because you are Neil Rogers, and George Rodriguez was your tonto. <laughs> tonto. I guess <laughs> tonto. I guess we might call Joe Bell then. Uh, a John Killer. Yeah. Yeah. And that dynamic duo has been evaporated by the suits. It makes me sad. There is evolution, and time marches on, and tomorrow's another day, and the beat goes on, and all that crap. And because he has that one thing that's such a gift, if your t- choice is a career in broadcasting, talent, he'll be just fine. Looking back, I did it, you did it. Anybody who got anywhere did it. And when the smoke clears and the dust settles, it'll be appropriate, I suggest, we see the end of a special era in South Florida radio Neil Rogers and George Rodriguez. Love you, Neil. Signed the fake Rick Shaw. Oh, Neil! It's yes. Friday, you bastards. Hey, everybody. The doy doy man is back like again. He's gonna do the doy
0: doy dance. So take a
1: female
0: and six dance.
1: Come
5: on and doy.
6: Hey, stick with the toys. <laughs> this here's about toys, and that I never said. Stand up. Listen to a big shot over here. How's your show doing, huh? Now,
1: see here. See, nothing. I'm doing
8: this like
1: now. Uh, what are you doing all day? Shopping for jelly shoes? are <laughs> <Why>, you
10: now? this <laughs>
2: And also, Ow! that, and, <laughs> and, yeah, and,
1: Pontiac, we're going out of business. Wow.
2: 1232, boy, that's one thing when you go uh, get old, man. All the good stuff is gone. No more Pontiacs, no more Oldsmobiles, no more Packards, no more Studebakers. My father, being the jackass that he was, he was obsessed with Packards. Don't ask me why. It was one of the ugliest, big, boxy cars. You ever see a Packard? Yes. Oh, my God. Cliff and Kendall says, Neil, this morning on the way to work, I was sitting at a red light. The usual homeless voice loser was making the rounds. This particular misfit has a begging technique that involves waving at drivers with his pinky finger. Oh, boy. Hmm. I would yell out, You fairy! I despise this homeless voice goon above all others. I was fantasizing about snapping off, snapping off his pinky finger and sticking it up his nose when I thought of George's famous hatred of these parasites. A tear formed in my eye. Losing George is like losing a beloved pet. I considered running the bum over in George's memory, but then I realized I couldn't listen to Neil on death row. How long before we see George on the corner waving his pinky at drivers for money or waving his behind? Rest in peace, George, says Cliff and Kendall. It's not like he died or anything, okay? <laughs> no. And there was one in here that said... You're sounding better today. Where the hell is it? I'm sounding better today because I can't I just can't stay morose and depressed and on the air or in my life forever. I have to snap out of it. You know what I mean? Yeah. If anybody's going to listen to the show, I can't say, "Oh, jeez, what are we going to do?" You know like that. I can't do that. Well, it's in here somewhere. David says, Neil, I guess your sidekick getting fired shows how much power you have now at QM. I never had any power here on this station. Then they make you do your show with this guy, Flea, George's replacement. It's like they're rubbing your face in it. I was not fond of George, as I found him ponderous, boring, and terminal. But this is all about you getting you out, Neil. You're next, says David from Dania. David's an expert on what's going on. Am I next? No. I'm not. Who's next? I don't know. Who's next? And then how come the other people on this station... See, this is the one thing that bugs me. If this would have happened on IOD, Rick and Suds would have been talking about it. Randy would have been talking about it. Phil would have been talking about it. Are you sure? Oh, yeah. But not on this station. We're an island. This show is an island. It's like we don't exist. Me, George, and maybe now you, too. You, too. A, too. Brute. Why is that? What? Don't they have the cojones to be ranting and raving and railing? I guarantee if the Humper was still on the station, he'd be screaming about it.
4: Yeah, no, Mad Dog was too uh, busy interviewing old Dolphin players and bitching about uh, Keith Olbermann.
2: Bitching about Keith Oberman, Is he back to doing his right-wing politics that served him so poorly over the last several months? Yeah, he said that Keith uh, has no reason to be so angry. Right. Don't get me started knocking the Mad Dog, because I love the Mad Dog. Oh, he's great. But he could be he could be a little bit better of a friend of George, you know? And Joe, little dog in the morning, what, what else was wrong with those guys? That were always willing to share some of the free food, huh? Hmm. Yeah. Ian says, hey, Neil, I remember our first meeting in the parking lot at Peaches on Sunrise. Wow. We parked our silver XKR next to you and walked into the appearance with you. <coughs> this is Carolyn Ian West of Hogtown. They don't want to say from Hamilton again because then they'll you know then they'll figure the audience will decide that they're getting ponderous. Carolyn Ian, west of Hogtown, Hamilton, Ontario, a horrible place. Thanks, Ian. I guess he's trying to say that's when I had that turquoise vet.
4: Yeah, that peaches God, has been gone for at least eight years. It's what? That peaches has been gone for at least eight years.
2: Oh I know. Isn't that the um Pornographic. Uh, what is, what I is it? I think it's the Hustler building now, yeah. Oh, that's, yeah, it's the Larry Flint building there. Mm-hmm. That's a very legendary corner there. We did a lot of appearances there at Peaches. In fact, the last one I did with Phil Henry... Are you sure? ...was at that Peaches, signing autographs and stuff. Back when we used to do promotions, you know? I'm sorry, Lee. <laughs> Back when we used to have the best of discs and raise a lot of money. We ought to do one for George. Yeah, you know what? I'll use my uh, promotional budget. You know what that is?
4: Oh! Actually, I'm trying to put something together for George.
2: What do you mean by if that? If you're cool
4: with that. Like a uh, a little party, happy hour thing where the listeners can come and uh, say hi and bye. And bring them a bag of money? That'd work, too. Bag of pot and a bag yeah. of money? George said he's cool with it. Joe Bell's cool with it. Letting it happen. If you're cool with it, maybe we can do it next week. That would be great. Yeah, I'm talking to the people at the Hard Rock Cafe. Maybe have a little happy hour for George. He comes out, be says hi to everybody, and, you know, they can uh
2: I bet you we get a big crowd out that. there for that. I
4: would think a couple hundred people for sure. So a
2: thousand people showed up. I'm working on each, that. And each brought ten bucks. That's ten grand. Like I said, if five thousand people showed up and brought um, twenty bucks a piece. That'd be nice. That'd be a hundred grand. Oh Yovan, oh no, your long lost pal, Yovan. Die in hell, Yovan. This is a guy who goes all the way back to the Zeta days. Ooh. Every time he'd call, all he would say and the Yovan, what whatever that means, I have no idea, don't ask me what it means. It doesn't mean anything. Mm-mm. Just a stupid word. The Yovan. Neil, although it's BS what happened to George, everyone knows that in life, especially the business you're in, nothing is guaranteed, and that's why it's important to always have a backup plan. Yeah, I'd like to back up one of my cars into your ass, Jovan. I'm sure George, being the intelligent man, he has saw this coming and prepared himself. How could he have seen it coming? How do you see it coming when you've been doing it for 19 years and you're getting paid peanuts? And everybody's telling you, oh, we love your work and we love you on ear air and yada, 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 and all this. And we're going to get you a car. And we're going to do this. Right. It says, George will be fine, but I just wish WQM would take your old advice, which is, if it ain't broke, don't fix it. We'll miss you, George, and keep kicking ass in the ratings. Your long-lost pal, Jovan. Careful. Another idiot caller. So what, what's the story? Are we going to be taking calls starting on Monday or what? Well, the good news is with
4: the new phone system, we can uh, block people. Mm-hmm. So, yes, if you'd You're like to take phones? calls, we can block any number, yeah. Really? For what I'm being told, yes.
2: Well, let's give that a try on Monday. Okay. Because I don't want to hear...
3: I'm your friend. I
2: don't want to hear it. You might have to hear it once, and then we block them. Mm-hmm. Now we don't need to block them. What we need to do is... Since you're allegedly uh, in in touch with where they are and who they are and where they live and what kind of bullet would put them at peace, put us at peace. Yeah. If anything happens to them, by the way, Flea done it. (laughs) I don't want to jeopardize your freedom or your safety, but I'm just telling you, if anything happens to those two, Flea is the stalker. Maybe we'll get Joe to go do it. He seems to be in the stalking now. Wayman Tisdale died. Who? Wayman Tisdale. Who's that? Ex NBA player
4: and jazz uh, artist. Never heard of him. Huh. I think Wayman? he played.
2: I think he played bass. Wayman Tisdale. Wayman. Yeah. Here's one that says from a f- oh a fan. Oh no. From a fan. Penis pump stimulator from Extreme Restraints. Says, hi, Neil, here's something George can play with at home while it considers the job opportunities. Yeah, screw you, you lunatic. And Greg Budell is back again. Sirius XM on the iPhone, a boon for satellite radio. I doubt it. Keep dreaming, Greg. Everybody hates you like poison. See, there's a guy who thought that everybody hated him, and you want to know why? Why? Because they do. Oh, they hate you, Greg. Oh, like they wish Roger. you would die here's a horrible death.
0: It's Fatwa Friday, you bastards. Good morning, Ace Hardware. May I help you?
3: Hello. Yeah, hello? Hello. Good morning,
5: Ace Hardware. May I help you? Hello. I'm Mr. Ed. Uh, You're know Mr. Ed? I'm Mr. Ed. Yes, Mr. Ed. This is Ace Hardware. How can hello? I help you? Hello. Hello? I'm Mr. Red. This is Ace Hardware. Did you need to speak to someone? Hello? Yes, yes, I hear you, sir. Go Hello? ahead.
0: Hello? Hello?
5: I'm Mr. Red. Okay, Mr.
0: Ed, listen to me for a minute. My name is Bill. This is Ace Hardware. Hello? 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 Sir,
5: sir, you're going to have to call back. I'm Mr. Red. Yeah, I understand that, Mr. Ed, but you got to call back. You got a
2: bad connection. Okay, Mr. Ed? Hello? 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 You know, on that bit I've never I've never been able to figure out which is the worst phony voice, the horse or the guy that answers the phone? The ace hardware guy. I'll go with the ace guy. Yeah, he's bad. Mr. Red, it sounds just like him. Yeah. Fourteen to one at five sixty WQM, we got the big O coming at two. Geldy for Mad Dog at four o'clock. Hmm. Oh boy. That's just I mean, between you doing George's job today and then Geldy on four to seven, that's a little bit too much squeaking, you know. That's a lot of squeaking. Am I right? Yeah. I I think we're over the limit. I'll tell Think Goldie... About, no, there I'll must be a quota for a squeaking. <laughs> I'll tell Goldie not to come in. <laughs> yeah, tell Goldie to stay home. Tell, tell Goldie to tell everybody what he really thinks of Denise Potfan. Well, you know, I guess maybe Mad
4: Dog will be the next to go because he's basically announced his retirement. Yeah. So I guess maybe he'll be the next to go. In like 18 months, whatever it is he's saying.
2: 18 months or 18 days? 18 minutes. <laughs> and what are they, what kind of garbage are they going to stick on there then? Who knows? Maybe they'll give Curtis the show. Curtis will work cheap. Yeah. Curtis is good on the air, you know. He's no mad dog, but he's pretty good. He's good. Or maybe they they can bring over uh, some loser from across the street, like Sid the Kid, you know. Now, did they really have a discussion? Your buddy Joe Bell and Sid the Kid, did they really have a, a lunch or conversation or something?
4: I've heard they had lunch, yeah.
2: Oh, my God. And you really believe there's some, op- there's some chance that they would bring that misfit over to this? I mean, I know they've done a lot of crazy things, but do you really believe they would go that far? Well, let's put it this way. They asked my opinion about it. Yeah. I said, no, it's a bad idea. Yeah.
4: And they said, great, let's do it. Right. No, I don't know. They haven't said anything yet, but that was my opinion. No, don't do it. Why do it? Show me some good numbers. Show me a reason.
2: Show me a track record. What was he, like 22nd in the last book? He was down there. He had a one-something. Yeah. Well, that's a good. one-four. Bring it over. Yeah, I bet you. Now, what, what, what day part were they looking at? Like that two-to-four thing? Could be. I don't know. Maybe ten-to-two. <laughs> I doubt that. Fat Joe says, I find it ironic that Fat Joe will stalk and seek retribution against... Oh, this is just Bob. Against those attacking him for firing George, but won't move a finger to seek retribution against those idiot crank callers. Yeah, that's right. If he gets any crap, then right away he starts us stalking and threatening. But if we uh, have people disrupting the whole damn show, Oh, I don't know what to tell you, Neil. I don't know what to tell you. I guess that only when it strikes too close to home will Fat Joe do anything. Joyce? Joyce you, Joe Bell, it says. Joyce you. (laughs) And see you next time. So that really got to him, huh? Yeah. Why? I don't know. He took it personal, I guess. Peter Parker says, it's sad that George is no longer on the show. The good news is we don't have to listen to that horrible horse's face, Lucy Lopez, during the summer. Hallelujah. Aww. Thank you, Neil God. Lucy's sweet. Good luck, George. Keep in touch, says Peter Parker. Yeah, good luck. Keep in touch after he takes a shot like that at his good, close, personal buddy, Lucy Lopez. Yeah, she's I sweet. never heard
4: her. She's uh, she's uh, really good, I mean, but she makes me sound like Barry White. She's squeaky? Ooh, she's squeaky. Really? Yeah.
2: Maybe, that, maybe that's why George likes her. Maybe he'd like to make her squeal or something, you know.
8: Mm.
2: <laughs> For sure. You think? Yeah.
0: <laughs> Come on, Neil, you need better than that.
2: Oh, What's that? Hello. Oh, that's the wrong one. Oh. And I just I got so excited there, I knocked it down to the audition line. Can you believe I did that? No.
4: Well, I mean, I wasn't really all that gay until now. <laughs>
5: <laughs>
9: Come on, Neil, you can do better than
2: that. <laughs> wow. <laughs> the Sheik. Another great radio discovery. And then there was always Druzy. He was something. Uh, no. I can't say what. Lanny and Kendall says on your poll, I voted for Pissed Off. Even though I'm an atheist, I didn't vote for Joe Bell as the Antichrist because I don't believe Bell's name should be associated with any deity, mythical, anti, or anything else. You know, a little bit too uh, intellectual for us, Lanny. Just yeah. calm down. That was deep. A little too deep. John in Lake Worth says, again, one thing I learned yesterday was the production facilities for GM and Chrysler are to remain open, that are going to remain open, are mostly going to be located overseas. Your next Corvette could be an import. Oh, no. The era of cars, what, what do you mean my next Corvette? What, what's that going to be? I'm going to be able to buy another Corvette? When the hell? Who's, who's lending me that money? The era of cars made in America is coming to a close. More and more, I look forward to retiring overseas, just like you, says John in Lake Worth. P.S. He says, my new favorite word is douche nozzle. <laughs> Mine too. Is it?
4: Yeah, I love that. Do you have the window open again today? I know you got the AC on, right? No. Wow, no, they're no, the loud. The AC is cranking. The sirens are loud today.
2: It sounds to me like the window was open, but I'm sure I didn't open it. I and I checked this morning to make sure it wasn't because I got the AC going. I don't want to air condition the outside. But you're right; it does sound loud. It's out loud. You're right. So you're hearing all them sirens? Yeah. Well, at least it keeps the people awake out there. That's one thing that a lot of people in this business don't understand, is you don't play commercials with sirens and stuff blaring in the background. It's it's, uh, prohibited by the FCC, number one, and for good reason. And people still do it, though. No, some stations still do it. I hate it. You're driving down the road, and you're listening to a station, all of a sudden, and you're looking around, wondering where the hell the damn fire engine or the police car or the ambulance is, and it's not there, the fire truck. It's not there. It's on the radio. Lissette says I was so sad yesterday at ten AM when I heard about George getting fired. Although we all saw it coming throughout the week, I was hoping Jolly Joe would change his mind. I-, I was hoping that there would be like a last minute reprieve, you know. Yeah. I listened for about an hour in the car but I had to turn it off because not only was I sad about George, but I could hear how sad you were. You sound a lot better today. See, I told you somebody said I sound low. do I sound better today? Yeah, you do. I will continue listening to your show because I enjoy it so much. It'll be different without George. I wish luck, luck to Lee in his new position. And, of course, wish George the best of luck. Have a nice weekend. You too, said, And she isn't saying, oh, I'm not going to listen anymore. I can't believe Tracy and Kendall did that to me at the beginning of the show today. Yeah. She's not sure she's going to be listening, even though it was a topic of conversation at the dinner table last night. My long-suffering listener, Tracy, from Kendall. Would she do that to me? Well, we'll see. Mike says, Thanks. Started listening in the early 90s when you syndicated into the Tampa market. Short-lived, but I found it very funny and entertaining. Do you know of an ex-jock, Dan Sileo, who's stinking up our airways from Orlando? You do, don't you? Yeah, Cilio. He played in Miami and can't shut up his yap about his days there. Mm -hmm. I wish someone would fire him. He also says that no American has died of old age since 1951, when it was what? no longer allowed as a reason of the death certificate. When you update your website, could you try to add euphoria and I don't know to Neil's noises drop section? You know what else we need to put on there if we update the sounds? If we do, if we do, Eric. In addition to those, go ahead. That. Mm-hmm. Wouldn't you think? Yeah. Says, uh, Mike in Clearwater, P.S. If you're making so much money, how can you collect Social Security? It doesn't make any difference how much money you're collecting or you're making. You can collect Social Security. If you've paid into it, when you get to be a certain age, you can collect. And at some point, you have to collect. I, think I beg it's your pardon?
4: 68. I think at 68, you have to start taking it no matter oh, what. You do? Yeah.
2: Well, I started at 66, and believe you me, I waited long enough. I can use it. Oh, be sure and send it all to George, Neil. All your money. Well, if you win it, would buy and send it to George a check. Yeah, okay. I just got through sending him a check. That's the ironic part of this. And boy, he cashed it fast. Good good thinking, George. Good move. Michael says, George is missed. Hey, Neil, George is missed and I'm pissed. And it's funny that they let George go because of his pay. Why don't they get rid of Joe Bell? I bet he makes more money than George. And his happy <laughs> ass is still employed anyway says, I now live in Vegas. When I lived in Florida, always on my way to work, or when I was out and about, I had on WQM while you and George were on. Love you, Uncle Neil, miss George, and good luck, Michael. Who's Michael? Don't know. Well, that's his name, Michael. Good luck, Michael. Good luck to us. We'll need it. Mike Johnson, who's very chronic, says, I hope George finds something that allows him to fall on his feet in the near term. Any chance that Fat Chris's role could be temporarily transitioned to George while he's in need of some income? Fat Chris still has a paying George and, uh, job, and George has none. Right. Now, Fat Chris is making, you know how many dollars a week he's making? About,
4: about right. 30, man. And he would actually make less money doing this show because it would be less hours for him.
2: Yeah. Eight bucks. Yeah, George would be better off collecting unemployment than worrying about what Fat Chris is making. Also, sounds like the radio clusters must be related to the old bitch ticket lady looking for free. Yeah, where can we have the meeting where it will be for free and we won't have to pay for it? Reminds me of the big radio seminar we had when IOD was sold to Paxson, and we had, I forget what hotel it was in. Speaking of, George, are you watching CNN right now? Yeah. Oh, roller roller derby. Roller
4: derby fitness. Hour.
3: Amber Morey, otherwise known as Psychosis, has been skating for
0: over a year. After probably... Now,
2: why did you interrupt when I was in such an important thing about Paxson? Sorry. Oh, we had, a sem- we had a seminar with Walter Sabo there, no less. What an ass clown. Oh, my God. Walter Sabo. I bet you he is buddies with Budil and that crowd of losers. Yeah, he's a Howard Stern guy. Who, Sabo? Yep. What do you mean by that?
4: Because they called me one time when Howard Stern was looking for a a PD up at Sirius, Yeah. and he was my contact.
2: What do you mean he's a Howard Stern guy? What does that mean? I guess he represents Howard in some way. Well, screw you, Walt Sabo. He killed Jerry Williams. He put him in his grave. The great Jerry Williams from WBZ and WRKO and WMEX in Boston. And WNWS, I mean, you know, it's interesting. Nobody who's still alive remembers the WNWS days. They remember KAT, they remember INZ, they remember Zeta, they remember IOD, certainly. But they don't remember the WNWS days. That, that's because our average demographic was 90-plus, and they're all dead now.
11: It's so the one to
1: two hour. out of
11: business.
3: And the L. Ron Hubbard statuette for best Scientology captive goes to... Katie Hall. The
6: 2009 Scientologies, awarding Scientology excellence for 2008. And the Hubbard for the most weight gain in all of Scientology is... uh, No surprise here, Kirstie Alley.
7: All your favorite Scientology celebrities will be there, like me, John Travolta, Tom Cruise, Katie Holmes, Kirstie Alley, Lisa Marie Presley, and that chick from
6: Dharma and Greg. And the Hubbard for the ex-Scientologist we hate the most, Nicole Kidman. Catch the encore presentation
2: of the 2009 Scientologies, only on Bravo. Watch what happens. It's like going to be so weird. You're so here's one with a phone number, not a name. It says, so they asked Lee his opinion about Sid the Kid. Huh? What was his opinion on the George firing before it happened? Don't BS us, boy. What? Did you have an opinion?
4: I thought they should not have fired George.
2: Yeah, did you tell them that?
4: Of course I did. And they said? Budgets. Sorry.
2: They said, screw you? Pretty much. They said, shut up. Shut up and do your job, boy. Longtime radio broadcaster, worked as a movie extra, is dead. William Cooper, he was 94. Definitely old enough. Yeah. Not many people could say they had a piece of Jessica Tandy's birthday cake or they interviewed Red Skelton and Minnie Pearl. William Cooper, a decades-long radio broadcaster who later became a movie extra, could. He spent more than 50 years as a radio broadcaster, doing stints at stations on both coasts. After he retired from the radio broadcast industry, the North Carolina native, then 70 and living in Atlanta, turned attention to working in the movies and TV shows filmed in the area. Mr. Cooper appeared in Sharky's Machine, which starred Burt Reynolds. Mm -hmm. He appeared in The Baron and the Kid, a made-for-TV movie that starred Johnny Cash. And he was an extra on the set of Fried Green Tomatoes and Driving Miss Daisy. Hmm. In a story about movie extras that appeared in the Atlanta Urinal Constitution, Mr. Cooper fondly recalled that Jessica Tandy served me a piece of cake on her 80th birthday. For Mr. Cooper, that slice of cake was probably pay enough. He loved being an extra, his daughter said, and probably would have done any movie for free. I don't know too many people other than this guy and Flea who'd work for free. Don't know. I haven't met too many. No. How many votes we got on the poll? I can't see it. 591. Well, that's right. You don't have no computer. What's your take on George getting fired? 591 vote. We're going to go over 600 during the show. I changed the poll during the show. I'm pissed off. 244. I'm not happy about it. 145. Joe Bell is the Antichrist. 99. Good riddance. 62, and I don't care, 41. Only 17% have a positive feeling about George getting canned. 83% are pissed off in one form or another. Not good. No, it is not. Of course it's not good. Wesley, who's just a crazy person, is all over the place. George cannot be replaced. He was given a place on the show, just I'm guessing here, because he was George, not because he was some dunce producer. If dialogue between Neil and someone else is required to make this show go, then maybe the phone line should be reopened. Gasp, it says, gasp, with an exclamation point. Gasp. Yeah, screw the phone lines. We'll we'll maybe give it a shot on Monday. Maybe. Don't hold me to it. Don't hold your breath. Along those lines, it says, flea should be seen but not heard. Maybe Joe Bell could work this shift once. (laughs) You should be seen but not heard. How about stepped on? Sure. How about swatted? John says, my final two cents. Good. Enough already. You said that some people are putting part of the George thing on you. That's correct. I don't think anyone's angry at you, but possibly disappointed that you wouldn't or couldn't protect George as part of your contract. I did all that I could within the parameters of uh, my legal uh, ace goofball. My gut feeling is that if you would have gotten a better agent or attorney, this could have been accomplished. Maybe or maybe not. We'll never know. Maybe you could have protected a guy who was loyal and efficient for so long, whether I liked some of his subject matter or not. I knew he thought, I know he thought he would be with you side by each until you decided to retire. I don't think he saw this coming until very recently. Maybe the show will even improve. We shall see. We shall see, says John. That is it in a nutshell. It's simply a question of loyalty. However, nobody's perfect. Either way, I'm still a big fan of yours, and we'll try to listen for years to come. And F sports and the geeks that live for it, Neil God, says John. Well, he's all over the place. Yeah. Side by each. I, I didn't see it coming either until a few days ago. And then somebody in that building made sure that all the rumors, everybody in the building was talking. ba 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 you know? Yeah, I thought for sure you stopped it with the wording
4: of your contract. I
2: thought it was a dead issue at that point. I, I did, too. I thought that I could veto it. Yeah. That's what Norma always told me. And then, ba 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 Ephraim says you slipped a few minutes ago and said Flea was filling in for George today. L O L O L O L O L, laugh out loud, out loud, out loud. No, I did not slip. I said he was doing George's job. I didn't say filling in. He's not filling in. Guess what? All you people that are looking for like some chigger in the woodpile, all this, there, there isn't any. George what? is fired. He's gone. He ain't coming back on his show. But you notice no matter what I say or do, they tune in Monday see if George is here. Right. I'm sure there's a lot of people out there that think on Monday George will pop back in. He will not. No. Nick Hernandez says, I miss George. Flea is okay. Well, there you go. There's a right. endorsement for you. I'm okay. He misses George, but you're okay. Not great. Not no. good. Well, okay. I'll take okay. Don says, it is absolutely the most horrific decision that's ever been made by this company that you work for. <laughs> How about uh, killing Ken Malden? I think that might have even been worse. Unless there is an underlying reason, i.e. money, argument, etc. Yeah, it's money. It's all there is. That's the whole reason. Yeah. Am I right? You're right. That has led to George being dismissed. That is by far a huge mistake. George was part of our day with insightful knowledge, wise comments, and even sarcastic banter with you that made the show what it is. Was. With all these restraints and personnel decisions being made, it's a wonder you can even survive. I agree with that. That's why I sound like I'm in a better mood today, because I have to I have to shake myself out of that deep funk. You are truly a legend for surviving and entertaining us all these years. I am honestly sad that I'll never hear George again. Well, nobody said you'll never hear him again, just not here. We'll hear him somewhere. I related to 90 per- 95% of his stuff, his thinking, and I know he'll be missed from the radio. I've heard his replacement when you were off, and his an inexperienced... Uh, comes through in colors. It's a travesty. With a heavy heart, I bid you all the happiness and success in the world. Says Don. Hmm. Don Macaroni. Or something like that.
4: Mm, macaroni.
2: Stuck a feather in his cap and called it... crap. Yeah. Here's a long one from Charlie B. Oh, Charlie B. Good old pull man, Charlie B. We can use some pulls, Charlie. Yeah. Well, this is long. It says never give in. Joe Bell's office walls are getting rather crowded by all the mounted trophies. Heads he's got hanging there. There are heads of those whose WQM careers have been killed on his watch. Mo Howard davided, Eddie K, Hank, the late Ken Malden, and now sadly George. He left Jesse Agler out.
4: And Allison Turner.
2: And Allison, yeah. Can there be any remaining doubt about this man's motives or the ultimate trophy head he'd like to mount on his wall? Yours, Uncle Neil? Yours is the only head left for him to lop off, and despite any denial he might offer to the contrary, we all have to now recognize and accept that this two-faced, duplicitous bastard will never stop in his tracks until he schemes, plots, conspires, and conn- connived to achieve his ultimate prize, mounting your head on his wall. With George now gone, anyone who assumed that Joe Bell up was just an in innocuous country bumpkin from Raleigh, General Mangler, must now wake up and accept that this bastard has a bloodlust in him and won't stop with George's firing says, I harbor no doubt that this bastard now intends to go gunning for you. And then, only then, may his long murderous bloodbath of WQM Tal come to an end. Joe Bell is the penultimate dictionary definition of grinning man who will shake your hand with his right hand while hiding a switchblade at the ready in his other. That sounds like that Jolly Raleigh Joe song. Hmm. This is a man who would put his mother in a nursing home, pull out a last will and testament for her to sign, then stand on her breathing tube while she signed it. Her breathing tube He is a corporate he is corporate evil incarnate. This now becomes a great staring contest, one between you and the bastard. Bastard from a basket. You would play it if you had it there, but you know. Do you have it?
4: I don't know.
2: Might be on the three hundred sixty. Bastard from a basket. Oh, and wait, we all think have I, faith you know that what? he will not blink first, Neil, but that that bastard will make him sweat.
9: Bastards from a
2: basket! Jesus, God, Whoa, that was loud. Sorry. Make him sweat, make him agitate, but hang in there, Neil. And eventually the contest will end. He will have blinked his own shamed career as WQM's GM will have collapsed in ignominious ruin and infamy, and you will have outlasted him and his evil, devastating designs on the station, the audience, and you. This bastard does not deserve to win, must not win, and should never be given the pleasure of winning. You, Neil, are now the only one left separating him from outright total victory. As Churchill proclaimed, never give in, never surrender, never, 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 never. 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 Several nevers. Charlie B. sounds like he's all worked up, pissed off, and fired up, don't it? Yeah. Larry says, hate mail, just kidding. Very sad for George, but I'll continue to listen as I like flea. Sorry for the fragmented sentence. Driving to work, listening to Thursday's archive. Says Larry in Palm Harbor. That was 6.32 this morning. Wow. 6.32 6.32 this morning. The real Phil says, and by the way, Phil, uh, uh, Har- Phil, uh, what's his Paul Harvey Jr., I'm not calling you. If you want to tell me something, send me an email. Say something. Don't just give me a phone number. Say, call me. Why would I call him? I don't know. I mean, he's an old-time caller, or hanger-around, chronic, you know, but why would I call him? I haven't heard from Chicken Neck in the middle of any of this. I wonder how he's doing. Is he still alive? I think so. He's okay. I'll take care of him as best I can. Or if he doesn't want, if he'd rather I send all the money I send to him, I'll give it to George. The real Phil says it's 7 a.m. and someone just called into Joe Rose and said, Joe Bell, you're a D for firing George. I can't say the word. I can say it, but only once. I wasn't a huge fan of George, but went from not being able to listen to him years ago to thinking his shtick wasn't so bad. Bottom line is he improved with time. Yes, he did, dramatically. He was the perfect yin to your yang when you're broadcasting. I'll miss the repartee. I think they fired him simply because upper-level management hates you, and this was their way of getting back at you for constantly railing against them. You believe that? No. Speak up. No, I don't believe that. I think it was
4: purely budgets.
2: George was fallout. If you, It just chopped off. It says, it appears your legal representative is not on the ball. In a biz like radio, you need an ironclad contract. You might think about having another agent read over your present contract so you know where you really stand. A second opinion is always good to have. Now that 940 has no more real radio, no Tom Hartman, Stephanie Miller, Randy Rhodes, QAM is my only alternative. That sucks for me as I like choices, says Phil. I'll be buying portable XM or Sirius Radio in the next week, so I'm not a prisoner of just one show. It appears that AM radio will be dead very soon, and QM management apparently wants that to be immediate. Nothing personal, Neil. I just like to have options. AM gives me none. I like sports, but the only decent shows are Rose and Mandage. The rest suck really bad. George, I hope you find another equal gig, equal or better than what you had. Regardless of your talent, you're a good person, and that counts for a lot. Oh, Neil! It's Friday, you bastards! It puts the lotion
10: in the basket. It mixes it all up. It puts the lotion in the basket. It it puts them both together. It puts the lotion in the basket. When the eyeball falls out, it it puts the lotion in the basket. Then it has to hose it down. It puts the lotion in the basket. It's what I have to get. It puts the lotion in the basket. need to rub it on my prend. It puts the lotion in the basket. I have to dry clean my skin soon. It it puts the the lotion in the basket. I said, Doctor. I switched my pee-pee in my legs. I said, Doctor. I like to dance around this way. I said, Mommy. Why's the lab's quiet today? I said, Mommy. I want to look more like a woman. My name is Buffalo Bill. It right. puts the lotion in the basket. It makes it pour my skin. It puts the lotion in the basket. I hold my pee-pee in. It puts the lotion in the basket. How much does it grow? It puts the lotion
2: in the bath. I've got my skin shooting nipple necklace. 118 at 560. You know what I forgot to say? Oh!
1: Business.
2: Don't you just love I mean it's just a good piece of production you know Yeah Which in this business there ain't very much good production anymore no. like the old jingles you know Somebody was uh, sending to me and George the um file for the old contemporary radio the ABC contemporary uh, news uh, sounder mm-hmm. I never got it Da 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 remember that Yeah Don't got it I'll see if I can find it, it Might be around maybe George got it Tim says, oh, this is this is tragic. Give me a little bit of credit, Tim. Tim says, the emails with the phone numbers are sent from people's phones. Duh. I'm sure you knew that, but if you didn't, now you know. Just because it's sent from your phone number doesn't mean that at the end of whatever you're writing, you can't put a name to it. These people are way too lazy to change a phone number to their name or email address, by the way. Flea is all right. Tough place to be, I'm sure. Take care and hang in there, buddy. Your pal Tim. Oh, thanks, Tim. Duh. I still say that at the end of the email, it could, just like this is your pal Tim. They could say your pal uh, Joe, your pal Jimama. Uh,
4: yeah, not that hard.
2: For example, this one: Com News uh, with an uh, email address, not not with a name. Com News. What is that? No name. Neil, please don't expect any support from Joe Hose and Jim Manwich. They truly don't give a schmidt. Well, how do you know? Also, I've reminded you several times about your culpability in George's dismissal, since you're responsible for having that nitwit attorney. I'll back off on that, as I don't want to make you feel any worse. Good. I'm sick and tired of having everybody blame me for every damn bad thing that happens. I'm tired of it.
9: Bah, bah, bah.
2: Christ, I thought that once they put my mom in a box, I'd have enough of... Bah, bah. Enough with that already. But I have to ask you, if they already violated your contract and got away with it, what's to keep them from doing that again and again and again? I called Norma Kent and asked him that last night. Yes. Who's going to stop them? Norman? idiot, can't, it says. Have a nice weekend with a Chinese man, butch up. No name. Not even a fake name. And by the way, the fake Barry Jackass, you are really getting on my nerves. You send me more useless garbage. Just garbage. It's got to be Mr. Radio. There, there's nobody else in the world that's just so obsessed and in all this trivial garbage about people. Tom don't like us, and this one, and that one, and this meeting here, and that. oh, go away, Barry. Real or imaginary? Hey, Barry, you fairy! Oh, here's one from Key West Dancer. Hmm. I noticed you stopped mentioning of your attorney, Norma Kant. Did you get a cease and desist? C i s e and d i c i s t. Talk about illiterate. Or is he off your payroll? Norma, you're fired, it says. Huh? Now, I spoke to her last night. What's the point of my talking about Norma Kant? Well, what's the point? Did, I... Did he get a cease and desist? Yeah, what does that mean? <laughs> oh, who knows? Who the hell knows? All these people are experts. Like I said before, like my cabbie always says, they're all experts. Or like he also says, these people are animal. They're animal, meaning the drivers. (laughs) These people are animal. Mike says, the Beasley trend of being cheap. For your information on the Fort Myers market, Beasley's gotten just as cheap with its highest afternoon radio show. Highest rated, I assume he means. Yeah. On this popular show, only one of only three radio show host DJs they have, they refuse to replace the producer from several years ago. Instead, they're using interns to run the board and act as producer. <laughs> These interns are most likely not paid, or if they are, at minimum wage. What an embarrassment. Bring back Buddy Bud Paxson or Roby Young. Roby's still in the phone booth there on Biscayne Boulevard. Are you familiar with... Uh, well, I guess you worked over there, right? Clear Channel
4: or at Fort Myers? Fort Myers. Yeah, I worked in Fort Myers. But you didn't work for Beasley though. You worked for Cheap Channel. No, I worked for Beasley in Fort Myers. They bought what the station that? I was working at actually. You what? They bought. Beasley bought the station that I was working at at the time.
2: didn't can your ass.
4: No. Oh no, I
2: wonder you're so tight
4: with Jolly Joe. Yeah, they brought in Joe like about six or seven months after they bought the station.
2: Was he, still, was he as much of an Ascom back then as he is now? No, like I said before, he left me
4: alone because he didn't know the format, so it was kind of easy. It was, it was actually a good setup because I would, could do what I wanted, and he didn't question it because we were number 118 to 34. So
2: Scott says, I did send the ABC Contemporary News Sounder to George. He did get it. Okay, we'll find it. We'll find it somewhere. It was good. It was dynamic. Back when radio was radio, when there were like, like I said, production. Ooh, wait, I think I might have found it. Let me see. Have you? Uh, maybe. Ooh, an exciting moment on the Neil Rogers show. That's not it.
4: No, it it's says ABC pretty... programming statement.
2: Oh my god. No,
4: I'm sorry, I didn't find it. He might have put it in the other system, which he's going to install for me. In what uh, other system? Over the weekend, the computer that he took with him.
2: You mean the one that I bought? Yeah, yours. His. Yeah. Well, it's not mine. It's his now. I bought yeah. it for him. It's all yours, George. He can't come in today, though, because uh, he doesn't have
4: a car. So I'm going to have to go pick him up.
2: You're going to go have him pick him up and do what?
4: Bring him here so he can uh, help me load the music in, the 15,000 songs that he has.
2: Wayman Tisdale's dead. You already told us that.
4: Yeah. He's still dead, though.
2: 44. Well, that's pretty young. <laughs> yeah. He died after a two year battle with cancer. Hmm. Three time All American in Oklahoma, played 12 seasons in the NBA. Died after a two-year battle with cancer. He was only 44. Wow. 44 is too young for anybody to die.
4: Yeah, I think that's George,
2: right? Isn't he 44? Are you suggesting George is dying over there? Is that what you're saying? No, I'm just saying it's young. Yeah, it's pretty young. What's your take on George getting fired? 631 votes on the poll. I'm pissed off. 266. 268. I'm not happy about 148. Joe Bell is the Antichrist, 106, 108. Good riddance, 63. I don't care, 44. Only about 16% are negatory toward George. The other 80-plus percent are pissed off at Jolly Joe Bell and the Beasleys, the measly Beasleys. You can't run a business, open up a shoe shine stand, okay? Do something more appropriate with your budgetary means. And don't give me a song to dance about, oh, they're paying you so much money. This show always made them money. Always. Back when they were losing over a million bucks a year on the Marlins, they were still making money. on. In fact, the joke used to be, this was the show that enabled them to carry all these stupid sports franchises because they had to make the money back on this show. You follow the logic? Mm. So rather than carry a bunch of other shows that would make them money, they continued with their stubborn s- jock-sniffing mentality. Oh, we got the fish. We got the yeah, swish the fish. The one good piece of news is I haven't heard one thing today from Jimmy Syphilis. Thank God. I mean, of all the fakers, that, that is, it's definitely Manny Munoz, okay? We're on to you, Manny, you faker, you phony, you crazy person. Manny from Kendall, who started as a caller. Started as a caller. There's nothing worse than people who start as callers and then worm their way into the radio business. Nothing. Mr. Broward, he's still dead, by the way. Jules Adler, Mr. Broward, Mr. Broward. He was even worse than uh, what's his name, Stormcat, Stormy.
4: Uh, he called this
2: morning. Now, are you serial? On you Joe. Called the Joe
4: Rocha this morning. Every
2: day. Has Joe got a death wish or what? He
4: likes
6: him. him and Jamaican Paul. Oh. On. This is Joe Bowen, the voice of the Toronto Maple Leafs, and you're listening to the Hockey Authority, Neil God.
1: Pontiac, we're going out of business.
5: Uh-uh. Come on, open up. Open up, I say. What? Let me in. I got big news.
10: But I ain't got no
5: makeup on. Come on, come on, you fairy. Open the door. You see this here? Production starting on Three Stooges movie. Still no decision on who will play Mo. Moe oh, Don't you get it, mallet head? Oh. They're thinking about this guy here, oh. Benicio Del Toro. Yeah, hey, good actor. He makes a great lawnmower. But he ain't no Mo. Yeah. I'm perfect for it. Why, I am Mo? Once they get a load on me, it's a cinch I'll get the lead role.
0: Ah, oh, you're
5: dreaming. Dreaming, huh? Well, yeah. see who's dreaming when I get back yeah. from Hollywood. <laughs> <laughs> Hollywood at last. I think this is the studio right here. Uh, hey, mister, where do you think you're going?
6: <laughs> now, see
5: here. I am Mo Howard and David,
6: and I'm here for the new Three Stooges movie they're making.
5: Well, I wouldn't go into that studio. They're filming a gangster movie in there. Okay, get out of my way. Hello, everybody. I'm here. The starter of your Three Stooges movie. <laughs> and action. <laughs>
2: 132 at 560 WQM. Speaking of Ash Clowns, you'll never guess in a zillion years who this next email is from. And it's from the real one, by the way. Okay. Joe Bell. Really? Yeah, it's his email address. And it's, he's got the whole thing underneath it. You know, VP Market Manager Beasley. You know, his uh, signature. Sure. Great show. I really like the show the past two days. I'm excited about the two of you working together. Have a great weekend, Joe Bell. Here's my response, Joe. <coughs> See you next time. Not. How
3: do you like that? Hmm.
2: See, he's one of those guys that keeps digging and digging and digging. He can never get the knife in far enough and twist it. He's just got to keep digging and probing until it's all the way through from your back all the way through your puppet. What's your take on that? That sounds painful. Now, I'm not talking about the knife. I'm talking about the
4: fact that I got that email. Yeah, I think I would have waited to send something like that maybe down the road. If at all. Timing not so great.
2: Oh, here you go. Here's one from George's mama. Yeah, your mama my ass. His mama that he hates like poison. You better get with the program. Oh, Jason, here's one from Jason Strom, who's just chronic is all get out. Well, some of these people, I mean, it's a good thing we're taking the emails because that's all they do all day. His email over and over and over and over and on and on and on. Jesus, Kate, Christ. Steve in Jersey says the double cheese, hold the cheese is the same price, which is not an issue. I got a laugh out of the guy behind me the other day. He may be a Neil listener. Oh, yeah, in Jersey. I'm self-employed, not saving money. If I'm eating five guys, I get the cheese, because at that point it doesn't matter. If he's eating five guys, I don't get that. Five guys' burgers? I guess. The two guys I tune into, you and Letterman, have one great thing in common. You both have Dave Johnson on, either right before or after a big race. Letterman plays Johnson's iconic call when he gets him on the phone, which always stands the hair up, what little I have. And down the stretch they come. Yeah, I had that once upon a time in the DCS, it's gone. Dave did that for us one time. Remember before the Belmont, have him do that. He'll do it. Okay. Dave Johnson was one of the premier race callers of all time. I noticed he was uh, very easy on his good buddy and mine, Tom Durkin. Used to talk to Tom once in a while on air, too, years ago, Tom Durkin. He and Dave Johnson are two of the greatest, and, of course, Trevor Denman. And what was the old guy from uh, Hylia Park? It is now post-time. Johnny, uh, what what was his name? No idea. Fred Capicella. See, I told you, Johnny. Freddie Capicella. It is now post time. And that's really something of Defoe having Dave Johnson on there and sucking up to him after he takes every chance. Oh, well, you know, Dave's just been mailing it in for years. Yeah, everybody's mailing it in except you, Defoe. It's hard to mail it in when you have no audience, when you have a oh, point. Oh, oh. Mifo Boy, oh, boy.
4: Yeah, and why is uh, Leslie Visser slumming around with him? You're asking me? Yeah. Maybe
2: she's tired of Dick Stockton. Wouldn't I wouldn't blame her. Yeah,
4: just, you heard the look morning at that,
2: that uh, Hank put me on with them on the phone. No, when we were doing our crossover and I just ripped him an ass and she was laughing her ass off. Dick Stockton, one of the most boring dunderheads ever to do play-by-play in history. Terminal. Yeah, he looks. Uh, well, he's ugly. Like a dead man in a chair. That that call on the uh, Reds, the Red Sox Reds game, the home run by Carlton Fisk. Mm-hmm. Wasn't it Carlton Fisk, whoever the hell it was? That that was one of the worst. if it stays fair, home run. Home run? That that's the best you could do, Stockton, you suck. Yeah. Who's
4: uglier though? Him or Hebe Brown?
2: Him. Wow. I'll tell you who's really ugly is Sam Rosen. We were talking about him before. Yeah. He is could be the ugliest he's just really ugly. I mean I'm ugly, but not like in not in that category. Jason says, the other emailer was correct. All Flea does is dodging or mumble any of your questions regarding QAMU, George, etc. It is so obvious that Joe Bell put Flea out in there to stay real close to you and all your movements. Yeah. Flea, just stick to the production duties and keep your Benedict Arnold mouth shut. (laughs) Benedict Arnold, how do you like that? (laughs) That's great. Where are you and Joe Bell going for dinner tonight? Who's the catcher and who's the pitcher? Ooh... Joe, just shut up and twist the knobs and push the buttons. You are the Antichrist. Well, there's a lot of Antichrists going around, let me tell you. I've I got there my can... pants and my shirt on. There can be more than one, I guess, right? No, sure. A lot of Antichrists. Sure. Ask Father Mirren. He said, there is only one. There is only one. Well, that's such a great movie. I've got the uh, the Platinum um, Plus version of it, you know, with all the extras and all the... Mm-hmm. Where she's walking down the stairs backward.
4: George recommended a good movie to me the other day that I watched, uh, Goya's Ghost. Goyam?
2: Yeah, it was really good. Goyam's Ghost? (laughs) Goyam's Ghost, yeah. I didn't know Goyam had a ghost. Oh, yeah, they're all over the place. So Stephen Jersey is all excited about, down the stretch they come. Yeah, Dave Johnson was great. He retired way too soon. But I think they kind of pushed him out because ABC lost the rights to all the Triple Crown races. And once NBC got him, Durkin works for NBC. Boy, Durkin just butchered the Kentucky Derby. I, I hate to say it. I mean, I mentioned it when Dave was on. In passing, I mentioned it, because I, didn't want, I knew he wouldn't want to rip him bad. But isn't that interesting how he said they discussed it? Yeah. And when you're looking through the binoculars, you only see, like, you, you zero, zero in on, like, two or three horses. And the one that was slipping through across, on the inside, as Bob Savage would say, circling the field along the rail, the winner, mind that turd, he, uh, he didn't see him. You would think they would have a monitor as well, besides binoculars. No, race callers use binoculars. I don't think they have time to look down and look at the binocular and then look away and look at the program when they forget the name of the horse. I've always wondered about that. Bob Savage, the late Bob Savage, called her once upon a time, had me up in the broad in the booth with him where he was calling a race, mm-hmm. and he would shut off the mic and say to me, oh, they're crawling out there. They're just crawling out there. <laughs> he, was a good, he was nice to me, Bob Savage, little guy, about two feet tall, midget, and he married this big, tall uh, broad from Chicago with just zillions of dollars. Nice. Yeah, oh, she was loaded. And then he died. Bob Savage.
3: And on the outside, it's Cherry Cat.
2: William says, sorry, Neil, I keep putting my name with my messages, but it's getting chopped off. I guess it can't fit, says William. Well, it fit that time. He's got his 561 phone number, and he put the name at the end. It would be nice to put a name to it. Thanks, William. See how I'm retraining these people in the uh, text and uh, emailing messages? Nice, nice job. Yeah, I think so. Quit sucking up. Okay. 655 votes on the poll. That's not too shabby for a poll we started in the middle of the show. Jimmy Dworski, go away. Go away. Keep sending me all this garbage back and forth of his verbiage between him and Joe Bell. Oh, God. Why, why, why am I interested? If Joe's got time to do that, then uh, then, that's, that's a, then I say let's cut his salary in half. We could save enough to bring back George, I'm sure, and then some. <coughs> I would imagine. <laughs> oh, yeah. Rick and Plantations has been listening and enjoying you the past 30 years. Too bad about George. Nice guy, but didn't listen when he was the boss for the day show. Hmm? Like your style and shows much better than George. Oh, well. Could be wrong, but you should check out eight... Oh, I see. Yeah, I'm not declaring, I'm not checking that out. Yeah. Starts the thing with a sponsor. It's just what we need. Oh, boy, no bonus check. No. As of 1 p.m. this afternoon, there was no bonus check. Just thought you'd like to know. How do you like that? That's not good. Well, that's something you're going to have to check into, being the assistant PD.
4: Well, I'll be going to the other building as soon as we're done, so I'll check into it.
2: Yeah, slap the uh, slap her up along the side of the head. It worked for the crow really well. <coughs> And say where's Neil's tech, bitch. Oh Neil! Neil Rogers. Ah. They
9: sold this radio station. Now the future is in.
2: So many votes on a poll, you can't see it because you got no computer. 666. I told you, El Anticristo is in our midst.
9: Accent's a born again Christian boy, as as he can be. He wants to change the stations.
2: Well, let's see what Flea did. That's his first uh, assignment here as producer on this show. What did you do? What do you mean?
4: About the check. Oh, I have to go to the other building for that first. There's nobody here. Clarence is not there? No, not right now. He's at the other building. I think I am the only person here, maybe a salesperson or two walking around. Weren't you there yesterday when he assured me that it had been overnighted yesterday and would be there today? I was sitting right here. It's not there? Nope. Oh, and you forgot to play the Pontiac thing. It's not in there anymore. Dang. But I'll check as soon as I go back to the other building. I just don't even Thank know the number so over there.
2: Let me know. Send me a text. Okay. Say the bird is, um, the pigeon is, uh, the carrier pigeon is on the way or something. Because it looks to me like this is maybe just the beginning of the next chapter. hmm To see how much they can piss me off and what they can do. But, you know, the, the more and more they keep digging legal holes for themselves. And th- this crap from uh, whoever the hell this is from. Who is this from? Megan. Guess what, Megan? <laughs> the part about being from George's mama was a joke on my part. My name is Megan. I mean, what I wrote, sorry for being honest. I guess you would read it if you thought it wasn't true. Truth hurts. Another shtuch. Neil, you didn't do enough. Ba, 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 ba. You stood by and continued to do so, and on and on this other crap. I think you're as spineless as the character you portray on the radio, it says. I didn't know I portrayed a character. No. I'm not saying you should have insisted uh, he do the show when you're gone on your many vacations, but at least continue as your sidekick. Guess what, George's mama, Megan? I did all anybody could do. There was nothing more. No, for sure you did. For those of you doubting that, Neil did everything that he could possibly do and then some. She says, I hate Joe Bell, too, but I see you literally just crossing your arms there. You'll be next. It's karma. I know George feels the same way even if he says otherwise to your face. Oh, well, it's just a show. Says Megan. Hey, up your ass, Megan, you stupid-ass bitch. How am I tired of this garbage? George knows the truth. He tried very, very hard. God almighty. Why don't you write him a check, Megan, if you're such a big shot, if you're so worried about George. Why don't you write him a check for 70 grand, okay? Everybody out there is an expert. Everybody wants to tell me how to live my life and what to do. Yeah, I know Leslie Visser is married to Dick Stockton, okay? Dick Stockton blows. (laughs) He stinks. Steven Jersey says you can pull Johnson's call at the end of this tape, the 88 Belmont River Ridge. And Don, I don't need to do that. He'll do He'll do one special for us before the Belmont. Oh, my God. Here's one from Stormcat, of all oh, people. Oh, no. Oh, yes. Stormy says, Joe Bell must keep tabs on you, and he'll keep your friends close but your enemies closer. I'm going to go Clarence. I'm going to call on Clarence during the break. Okay. And see what the hell gives. He's another pimp. says, Flea seems like he's not telling you the entire truth, and he explains the way management feels about your show. You need to say, hey, Flea, and then play the...
3: You fairy! Sound. (laughs) Hey, Flea. You fairy!
2: Okay, I did. Okay, okay. Okay. Wow, everybody's whipped up into a frenzy, and they want to whip me, too. Just whip and slash and tear... John says, Neil, started listening to you in 89 when you were on IOD. I have been and always will be a fan. I believe I heard the original bridge tender call. I still laugh when I hear it. How long is that bridge tender? Bridge tender? 223. I think we can get that in at the end. If I go to the break just a tad early. It says, always thought George would take over for you once you finally retired, but not to be. You guys were great together. I already emailed George and got a quick thank you. I wish you, George, and Flea, my best. I'll be tuning in to George when he lands somewhere else. Thanks for the many years of entertainment you've provided for your charge. John and Hallendale Beach. Pe- By the way, never forget, Art Fleming was the original host of Jeopardy! And much better than that Alex Fool. Oh. Alex the Fool. Yeah. Alex Trabeek. He's a Canadian geek, Alex Trebek. Did you know that? I did know that. He is. Dear Neil, it should have been spelled out more clearly in your contract. George will be your, uh, et cetera. And such-and-such a, such such a salary in violation would be a breach of contract with such-and-such such a penalty. It sounds to me as if the wording was kind of vague. They just went ahead and fired and probably said, so sue me, says American Jackson. I never got to all those nifty stories you sent me this morning about the elderly couple in Pennsylvania working out the...
4: Yeah, that was GDL kind of funny.
2: ...elderly drug defendants. Yeah, selling heroin. I'll save it for a rainy day for Monday. Rick says, can't believe there's nothing nip nada not zilch on this homepage about George. Not a good send-off. Tell what's-his-name to F off. Yeah, I sent a thing for uh, Fat Chris to put on there two nights ago, and he didn't put it on there. He read it, and he responded to it as if it was like a personal message, and he didn't put it on the website. That's weird. I beg your pardon?
4: That's kind of strange.
2: It, is, it was strange and disappointing. If you still got it, Fat uh, Chris, put it on there, please. Although it's a little bit late now. For tomorrow, I got the, the JICA follow-up today that I read earlier. I got his uh, question-and-answer thing on there. That that should suffice. Okay. Jim and Miami Shore says, I was listening this evening to the Fat Boys show quite by accident when someone called inquiring about George. The Fat Boys show? Who's, Who's that? that? I don't know. Who is that? He really did get fired? I can't believe it. He wasn't you, but in the last few years he's gotten a lot better. I think you're right when you say WQM has gone down a flusher. Now I can't wait to hear your show tomorrow, Friday. That's today. This was last night. I first heard you in my days in Kalamazoo going to Western in 66 to 70. Have lived here for about 25 years. Finally found you again 12 or more years ago. Love the show. We'll miss George, but we'll continue to listen. I hope they found you a good producer. Well, we got flea. We got fleas. I don't know. Maybe maybe what we need is a flea collar. What do you think? <laughs> 677 votes on the poll. Oh,
1: Neil. It's day in
2: Miami town.
6: Ah! At 560-WQAS.
0: Yes. Yes, sir. Yes. Uh, I wanted to wanted to talk to you about uh, eh? bridges, about cars what cars and boats that you talked about earlier. About what? Bridges, cars, and boats.
2: Now we're talking about bridges over the, over the uh, causeway, not the ones in your mouth.
0: I don't have any, my friend. Okay. Okay. Just yeah. Calm bridges down, sir. Causeway, Take a deep breath. Those are regulated by the United <laughs> Corps of Engineers. Yeah. You knew that, didn't you? No. Well, it is all bridges over navigable waterways. See, if I
3: I knew that, I wouldn't have been asking. See, what's that? I said, if I knew the answer to the question, I wouldn't have asked it in the first place.
0: Okay. Well, all I'm saying, sir, is that the United States Corps of Engineers are the ones that regulate bridges over navigable waterways. Over what? Navigable waterways. Yes, sir. Okay. Okay. Yeah. So it's up to them to decide what time the bridges should not be open. To
3: the Marine traffic Yes, and what time should they not be open to marine traffic, sir? I'm telling you that they come up with the times. Well what what is the time? I believe it's at rush hour
0: times, sir. That they are not open to marine traffic. Other than that, they are open to marine
3: traffic. So, in other words, any schlump with a boat can come along and back up traffic for that two is months.
0: absolutely correct,
3: sir. Well, what kind of a communist bunch of crap is that? That is not a communist bunch of crap, sir. Sounds like you some kind of Neanderthal fascist Tommy pinko uh, 5, conspiracy to me. you got 5,000 automobiles to one boat. Right, exactly. So the boat is going to stop for 5,000 cars? Is that it? No, I think that 50,000 cars ought to stop for one jackass in his boat. I think that's what they ought to do.
0: Man, you better know your laws, mister, because you sure don't. That's right. I suppose you
3: want the damn bridges closed. To boat traffic and a hurricane too. Huh? I want the bridges closed, period, okay? I want them closed. I want the bridge tender to go home and watch uh, MTV and get the hell out of our lives. In other words, you I don't want want the I want those boat, bridges closed. Let them use the Julia Tuttle, okay? You don't, Let them use the MacArthur Causeway. Like the boat, I think they all ought to go on the George Washington Bridge and jump all the bridge tenders. How do you like that, sir? Well,
0: I don't know about you, but you sound like some stupid idiotic jerk. Bye bye bye.